Hey everybody, and welcome back to episode 42 of Motion Picture Pals. We're back. I know we were gone for a while, but I came back and I brought all my friends with me, just like I promised. So this is episode 42.5, I guess, because we lost our recording for The Matrix. Oh, sorry about that, but we're working on a new one. Recording this. This episode is about No Time to Die. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. We're going to record Dune later this weekend. We've got hot, fresh content coming your way, especially in the form of our new newsletter, which you would know about if you had subscribed to our Substack, like I've asked you to do multiple times. But if you haven't, yeah, here's an even better reason to do it, because we have a really fun little newsletter that we've put together for you. And by we, I mean, Travis, uh, I didn't really contribute at all to this one, but I'll contribute to the next one. But you'll only be able to read about it if you subscribe to Substack. So exclusive cam. That's right. You can learn about uh, cool stuff that we recommend to you. I think we've got what we've got movies and books on there and an article. Perhaps There's no books yet. No and books. TV I, shows. Oh, I have a book. I'm going to oh, I'm going to okay. recommend books because I'm not actually as stupid as you think I am. And I can read. So <laughs> take that. Yeah, I uh, read books. Yep. That's right. So check out Motion Picture Pals, the newsletter. And I think it's actually called Popcorn Time. Popcorn time. Yes. Popcorn Which is time. so fucking cute. That's right. It's we free. got a good it's, brand. It's not monetized or anything. That's is that right. How you say that? Monetized? Monetized. monetized. Money. Monetized. Money. And you can just, Money. Yeah. just go there and read it. Yes. For zero dollars. So go there and read it. It's a lot of fun. I had a great time reading it instead of doing my job the other day. <laughs> so anyways, on to the episode. Like I said... Today's episode is about No Time to Die, the final installment of the Daniel Craig Bond verse. Whoa. Whoa. Wait, wait. He's like. That's right. So okay. uh, there was a cool, for vis- the- cool visual gag for a podcast. Uh, Caleb stood up and did finger guns at the camera. Just, that. It was, it just was, like James Bond for the audio funny. people. It was funny, listener. You're just going to have to take my word for that. Yeah. Uh, anyways, yeah, this one uh, just came out. It's starring Daniel Craig, Rami Malek is the bad guy, Lea Seydoux, uh, Shauna Lynch, Christoph Waltz. You know all the James Bond people. Uh, you don't have you don't have to read all of them. I no. literally just copied the Wikipedia entry and pasted yeah. it in. The- <laughs> yeah. No, I I kind of had that realization halfway through reading all the actors. And the easy thing is, almost all of these people are returning characters because this shit is a continuity. It's not uh, standalone adventures like Bond movies actually are. And buddy, you bet your ass we're going to talk about that. And it was directed by Kerry Joji Fukunaga. So. First things first, what did we think? Did we like it? I'm just going to start us off and say I had a fucking great time. I thought it was really good and I was so happy to be back in the dang old theater. I enjoyed not only this movie, but I enjoyed watching all of the other movies to refresh my brain. I forgot how much I love these Daniel Craig James Bond movies. Not a big like classic Bond fan, but the new ones... I, I don't know. I just I forgot how much I really enjoy yeah. this franchise. They're it is maybe good. the only British thing I will ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I feel the exact same way. I also binged the entire first four movies. I've been watching these since I was 
eight years old, watched them with my dad since the first one came out. And so these mean a lot to me and have just been a blast rewatching. Yeah. Yeah, and we also No Time to Die was also great. Yeah, right, right. We also <laughs> I forgot to say that. some of them because Rebecca had never seen any Bond movies until like a week yeah, ago. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's like the take that I always have on this podcast is like, oh, I never actually seen this like thing that everyone else has seen. But yeah, I was I was so excited. I really enjoyed all of the all the ones that we watched. The only one that we didn't get to was Skyfall. Um, but we'll definitely make time for that in the future. Um, but yeah, had a great time. I don't know why I hadn't watched them before. They were so good. And then <laughs> actually going to the theater to see No Time to Die was amazing. We went with some friends and it was just a big hoot. Um, I thought the action was really, really intense and fun. And yeah, it was just really gripping. And I think it was a really good finale of a really good goodbye to daniel craig and i just really really appreciated that yeah daniel Rebecca, craig you hate to see him go but you love to watch him leave so um has everyone else besides rebecca seen a james bond film in theaters in at least daniel craig buddy i've seen almost every james bond movie that has come out in my lifetime on opening night in the theaters <laughs> i'm just yeah. i'm just curious i i wanted to see like um, what do you think of like the intro like song at in the theater? Like, um, what do you think of that? Of like the Billie Eilish. Yeah, or just theme? like a James Bond theme like playing oh. in the theater for like the entire like of the song and like having all those visuals on the big screen and stuff. It's a little silly, but I like it. Cause like it's kind of like the Star Wars opening crawl. It's like I understand why you keep it around. It's kind of like it's not really fashionable anymore. It's kind <laughs> of like a relic of of, yeah. of how these dated franchises, and they just kind of keep it around out of like respect or just yeah, fun. I don't really fun. know. Yeah, I genuinely think that they're really cool. Like all of them, every single one of them. Like, I thought this one from, was really good. I thought the, mm -hmm. like, yeah, the effects like, in this one especially were really cool. I think like I didn't I wasn't a big fan of Spectre, the like the animation thing. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just felt really it felt very like CGI-y in like a not a great mm -hmm. way. I don't know if maybe I've just like It seen... really looked like those crack and rum commercials. If you ever saw those with like the <laughs> octopus that like squishes the pirate ship or whatever. Like that's what the tentacles inspector yeah. reminded me of. Yeah, I feel like there's this sort of like almost like television opening credit style that came about in like the last 10 years where I, I don't I haven't put much thought into this before the discussion, but just kind of like surreal visuals and fluid stuff. It's really interesting, actually, because like the uh, the Casino Royale one looks kind of funny because it's kind of it's like dated computer graphics. Yeah, that um, shit came out in 2006. Like, so like, yeah, yeah it's yeah, been a while. And it's like. Uh, like those have historically always, I think, probably been like pretty impressive to see. And these days it's interesting because like technology and the democratization of, of software and animation software and stuff um, has come so far. Like I actually I came across someone's like fan made Skyfall opening the other day and I watched it and it was like that it could have been in the movie like <laughs> people at home can do that now Blender is like so easy to pick up and learn these days like anyone can make a James Bond opening sequence so I feel like there's like more 
pressure almost for the movies to just like go above and beyond. Um, and they always like, they always look good. It's just like, they kind of feel the same thing right now. Yeah. Like Skyfall, Spectre, No Time to Die. They're all, they, it feels like they're kind of stuck in like a, like a revolving hamster wheel and they don't really know how to elevate. Yeah. Well, at the same time, I, I always have this like fond, you know, it's, it's more of a nostalgia factor for the, the, you know, the Bond intro. Like it has that like cool song that plays over some like, like weird psychedelic visuals that like thematically are connected to, you know, the, the movie story. Um, and I always just really like that about it just because I like having, you know, there's always that like intro um, for the movie and, and the Daniel Craig. And then there's like this crazy, like, there's a song that plays for like three minutes and there's like a visual that's almost like a foreshadowing of what's going to happen. And then there's the rest of the film. Like, I always thought that was really cool. Like it was like stylish almost. And it has this like thing that you can only, that only re- really feels like relevant to James Bond. And while it is, it does feel like a little bit, you know, like, like you said, dated, I still think that I would prefer them to be in like every Bond film. Like I don't, it wouldn't feel right not having something like that in bond films you know like um but i i personally just always liked them and especially liked this one it was just so like you know the billy ellis song in general like great song and on top of that it was just like okay setting the mood oh man this is going to be an emotional roller coaster already like, oh my gosh uh, such an emotional roller coaster it was it's and almost like mean, a soap opera the gun yeah. dna <laughs> Also, just before we move on, I do want to just point out the like handgun DNA was like pretty good. And like, I think almost everybody in the theater we were in when we like realized what was happening with like the guns shooting into each other, making the DNA strands. And when it zoomed out to show the oh, whole, yeah. like, double helix, people were like, oh, <laughs> it's like, pretty audible throughout the audience. <laughs> Some guys like, what? Whoa. <laughs> That's like a protein or something. Yeah, <laughs> so muscle like man from regular show was in the audience. <laughs> That's like a protein. Yeah, but yeah, like I yeah, I just thought that was like pretty relevant to um, at least the topic. Like you know, the James Bond intro. You know, that's 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 important for the legacy of James Bond because that's like yeah. a part of the entire franchise. So I always think it's interesting to like talk about those in particular, but. The movie. <laughs> the movie. The open was pretty long. Like usually there is oh, yeah. one action sequence shocked. before the opening credits. This had a flashback and then like a, not just an action sequence, like a whole like beginning, middle and end of a little story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a full on little like prequel story almost. Yeah, yeah I like because I was like because we actually got in like maybe like a minute or two after the movie like properly began um so like we got in right when like rami malik had killed madeline's mother like that was happening as we like entered the theater and i was like i actually thought we had missed the opening action sequence because i was like oh shit like this isn't how bond movies start like what the fuck is going on here and I was like, it was also kind of mad. I was like, fuck, dude, like what? Like, that's such an important part of the experience. 
And then it was just like, okay, it's, it's, you know, Madeline. And like, we had just seen Spectre like three days before this. So it was like, yeah, okay, this is the scene she's talking about. Yeah, I know her. It's like, well, fuck, I, I don't know how this fits in. I guess we missed both the action sequence and the like song because that's the structure is like <laughs> the opening action sequence happens. Then the song happens. And I was like, fuck, dude, did they just not have any previews at all? Uh, and then it was just like, oh, and then we're in. You leave. Yeah, we, yeah I'm fucking out of here. <laughs> I was looking uh, at my phone. They showed me 25 minutes of previews. I was like, this was such a waste of time. I'm so mad. Whoa. That's a lot. They had 15 at our theater. I, I got lucky because like I, I, I got there like uh, five minutes before the movie started and they were still showing previews and I saw the Eternals one. I looked at my friend when they made the Marvel joke and I was like, ha and there was an old man next to me and I was like, oh shit. I think so. looked like an idiot. Biggest though. rube in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But then I guess, well, I guess, yeah, we can maybe just start with the flashback. Like, what did people think of that? I thought the mask was real scary. That was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. Um, I was actually going to say, like, I, I thought it was interesting, like, the, the intro, um, part of the film that it was kind of like spooky like it's kind of oh, scary yeah, it like was. it was it's so spooky it definitely got my like my like bad spidey senses of like there's too much <laughs> suspense here and i'm literally going to die and i was like oh no oh no it's gonna be a bad time it was only just really for like the the flashback um, and then it was able to like, but I was just like, oh my gosh, she's like in the woods. She's going to get like tortured. I, but my brain was just going all kinds of horrible directions. But I mean, like it just starts out like this little girl and her mom and her mom's like drunk and like, it's, it's like, you know, it's not good <laughs> at all. Like the whole context of the intro, intro part. And then you see this guy with a fucking like, it. It looks like some sort of like Japanese mask. I can't exactly. Yeah, it was. Um, I don't know what, called, what it is. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say geisha mask, but I don't think that's it. But yeah, anyways, like it was just like, you know, the pan like, that was easily intentional to like, like, especially with the contrast of like the snow in the window and like the white outside. And then all of a sudden you see a figure with this mask in the Ugh. window. Oh, yeah. So like, scary. Oh, <laughs> I was just like, holy fuck. Oh, and like it was just so tense too, because like he just goes in and guns down her mom and then goes up to kill her. And it was just so like, what the fuck is happening? Like it was I it, what a way to start a James Bond movie. Like you have the original Casino Royale from 1967 where people are getting shot from skeletons, and then you have <laughs> this one. <laughs> like, what a what a change. But yeah, it was man. I don't know. It was it was really cool. I liked it a lot. Yeah. That intro. Yeah. And I mean, we'll get into more of this later. But I mean, the fact that it was such a departure from, you know, the classic Bond trope is I think Rebecca and I were really talking a lot about this of like, it's very interesting, like how emblematic that was of, you know, this being the end is like, mm -hmm. uh, of I almost like foreshadowing that like this is not going to be the typical movie where, you know, Bond saves the day and gets the girl and, you know, on to the next movie. Um, and I thought, yeah, there's there's plenty of like visual stuff and sort of story stuff that implies that. But I thought it's it's very interesting that the structure of the movie itself also points to that. Um, mm -hmm. But it's almost like an anti like 
James Bond film. Yeah, it was. I think it absolutely was. And like it very intentionally, it felt to me. Um, And the whole time I was like, you know, I I assumed that Daniel Craig was, you know, going to die at the end somehow, some way. And so as the movie went on, all those choices started feeling like, oh, this is like this is telling you, you know, the presumably, you know, uh, fan of the franchise that knows kind of what's up with James Bond movies like this is signaling to you that like some bad shit's about to happen. And I was like pretty convinced he was going to die by like, you know, the second act of the movie just Mm -hmm. because of all these little things that were sprinkled throughout. And the thing that kind of like um, made that make sense, um, especially from the previous films, was kind of showing how he's never really able to escape the life of being an agent. He's even like, you know, that's the ongoing joke from the series where he's like always retiring and then going back into being an agent and then retiring again and going back to being an agent, yada, yada. And like, I don't have a problem with that because like it does make sense in the context of like... um, these films because like there's some things that you can't escape like everyone in the first movie ends up his face was on tv everyone knows who james bond <laughs> right. is lashif knew who james bond was like you you're not very good at being stealthy but like you know and there's always gonna there was always this like inevitability of you know something bad going to happen to him like he's never able to be consistently you know in a relationship um i think m stated the previous m um stated that you know he has nothing to lose in one of the movies because he didn't you know he didn't have a family he didn't have an heir like so he just had this like sad apartment when he had like um taken back to being an agent because you know this is a little bit of a spoiler for skyfall so i'm not going to go into too much for your guys' sake but yeah it's just like interesting kind of seeing like the foreshadowing of this movie because it makes sense it makes sense why it got to this point he was like a gruff young agent in the first movie who was doing things with brute force, not very stealthily. And then you get to the point where like all of those things kind of collapse back on him in a way, because again, he's not able to leave the life of being a double O agent. He's not able to, you know, be, be peaceful in life. He's not able to have his like, you know, at the start of the movie, his paradise of where he's just by himself and gets to yeah. relax. And All you want to do anything. is flash your bulge while sailing. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. you can't be left alone. Exactly. To do that. I, I want to do that, too. And, yeah. like, if I was a double O agent, like, I'd probably get shot in the head while I'm in, I don't know, Peru or something. That's right. <laughs> like, it, there's no escaping. And that's the that's the thing that was thematically the most consistent of all the films. Like, you can't escape the life of being an agent where where was he living after that five-year jump jamaica. he had like a nice pad somewhere jamaica yeah. Mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Had a right. sick house that was a really cool house yeah jealous yeah and a cool <laughs> sailboat mm-hmm. i know he just like goes fishing and brings back some fish every morning pops them on the grill or whatever showers that, outside I know he's got a fucking outdoor shower. He's just butt ass naked in the freaking f- jungle. I don't know. That's that's awesome. I want to do that. Yeah. Kudos to James Bond for having a, like five years of a life. Yeah, he had a good run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stayed really, really well built for five years too. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's probably yeah. all I knew. 
Yeah, can only pump an iron in the jungle. Only spearfish so long before you just get bored and you start lifting weights again. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Okay, we skipped a lot of stuff there. I want to go. I want to bring us back to the intro. Um, Okay. I mean, yeah. I guess is there really more to be said for the flashback? I mean, I thought the scene of her like trapped under the ice was cool, and how it like transitioned into her, you know. Getting out Swimming. of whatever that I guess the Adriatic Sea or wherever in Italy. I don't know where they were. Um, and then, yeah, that being also a flashback of sorts, or at least like a point from which we're going to flash forward. Um, like literally the instant Spectre ended, right, is where we pick up essentially. Um and this is yeah. sort of the beginning of that, you know, the the action scene, right? The one that you expect at the beginning of James Bond. But even that I was sort of subverted because it was like, oh, we're here in this like beautiful little town and people are setting paper on fire. Also, climate change has <clears throat> fucking scarred me to be like, ooh, that's dangerous. That looks like a pretty dry, uh, yeah. pretty dry climate that you're in. And so I'd be pretty careful about setting things on fire and dropping them on the ground. Uh, that was in I- Italy, right? Yeah, yeah, it was because that's where, you know, Vesper's buried. Yeah. And people were speaking Italian. So <laughs> there's that part. This is in New York. Yeah. He turns around, she's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, and it, that even starts on like kind of a somber note of like, mm-hmm. oh, it's here we are. And, you know, we have all the time in the world, you know, great foreshadowing line. Uh, and then this whole thing of like, yeah, I'm going to go visit Vesper's grave. And that's this symbolic thing to like, leave my life as a double O behind me. And then, oh shit, there's a business card with Spectre on it and it explodes. Uh, also that part you know, actually did give me a, a pretty big jump scare. Oh too, yeah. Cause I, mean, I was, yeah. I was genuinely not expecting that. I was expecting something to go wrong, but not her fucking grave. To blow no, up. I saw the specter logo on the card and it was like, Oh, and then like the fucking thing exploded and I felt like a real dumbass. Cause I was just like, Ooh, it's just uh Blofeld. He's just like pulling a sneaky on you. And like, little did I know how true that was. <laughs> Yeah, and then that's where that's where this scene really starts and you got all these these bad guys on their motorcycles and whatnot. Um I liked I usually I think it's kind of corny and sucks when like a bomb goes off in a movie and you have like the tinnitus and like weird underwater like sound thing going on, but I actually thought it worked pretty well. Because I and I think yeah. it worked well because the scenes were written such that like it was actually important for him to be able to hear stuff. Because mm-hmm. I feel like usually that just feels like a gimmick that it's just like, oh, this was just the thing that like your sound designer was like thought would be fun to do. And it doesn't really add anything. But this time I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like too, like I've, I felt like that was more implying like, you know, he was also like really not expecting this and like just the kind of gravity of what the hell is going to happen now. Yeah. Because he's like deaf for like a good 30 seconds. And I, I always really appreciate when that's done correctly and like, well, because yeah. like, I feel like there's so many action films where like, you know, they get shot or like a gun goes by their ear or like something happens. And like, it's just like, 
a, a ringing sound. Yeah, and it's such I've, a theme in the and specifically the Daniel Craig movies that like no, hmm. the life of a spy like fucks you up physically. So yeah, it's just uh, yeah, it, it worked well with that sort of stuff. But uh, I fucking loved this action scene. I thought it was so fucking <laughs> cool in this like mountain town. Uh, just like the verticality of it, I thought was really good. Mm-hmm. Where he like jumps off the bridge uh, when he jumps the motorcycle up that staircase and like up onto that plaza. I was like, I was like throbbing. It was so fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that that was really cool. I remember that. It was like, oh shit, that's scary. Yeah. Yeah, and just the camera zooms out and it's like, and there's like a marching or like a funeral procession or whatever's going on up there. Yeah, that that chase scene was so good. And then I feel like it just like kept getting it just like kept going. I feel like in in Bond fashion where there's like more twists and turns and more things that happen. And and like when they uh, when when they call the guy with the sheep or whatever and (laughs) kind of like block the road and Bond does like a a U-turn and starts charging off a different direction. I don't know. It was it was really yeah really cool cool stuff. I appreciate the the continuity of the car too. I, I really do. Oh yeah, and <laughs> I'm that's glad like, that it that stayed in. Such a classic Bond car too. I mean that the car itself was a nod to the the classic Bonds, and then you know that thing getting fucking demolished also you know to pile more symbolism onto it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, anyways, like if I was fucking rock hard during the motorcycle jump, then I mean, God, I was just like not even there when the fucking miniguns came out of the headlights and he was doing donuts and killing everybody. Like, holy fuck, that was awesome. <laughs> and that was even in the trailer. I, so I knew it was going to happen. And I was still yeah. just like, I was so here for it. I was also just like more than that. I was really invested in the whole like uh, Bond is is mad at I forgot her name. Mod is mad at Madeline. Yeah, <laughs> and like I was like, is she is she bad? I don't I don't know. Is I don't she know respect her? anymore? Vesper Vesper was a very convincing, and she was bad. Is this is Madeline like another Vesper? Is that the moral of the five movie arc? Is it don't trust women? Yeah, <laughs> watch out for fake friends. Is James was, Bond I Drake? Also, <laughs> I also really liked that scene before the minigun part where he was just kind of like waiting. Oh yeah, just to see there. if she was kind of gonna like say anything or say if she was like. Oh, that was a part I of was, it. I was I almost in tears. I was like, no, no, you have to. You can't just like sit there and die. But like, I understood why he would be like untrusted or like or not untrusted, like not have trust towards her because like, you know, the same thing happened with Vesper and like she was integrated into like the whole uh, MI6 stuff. And then like with this person, she was integrated with a previous villain of Bond and this is the daughter of of him. And like he's like probably having all these realizations and like, okay, I mean, you're going to say something if you're about to die. So might as well say it. But without saying anything. And I really like that, too. It was just like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I, I really like that that whole dynamic of like him like being like in love for just a few minutes and then all of a sudden like his world fell apart again, but this time a little bit different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, a little bit different. One Easter egg. I, I don't even know if it's Easter egg. It's just an easy to miss thing. Um, <laughs> Italy is real. 
<laughs> no, it's no. <laughs> Anyways, um, there is an indication that Madeline uh, is pregnant in the very first part of the film. And when she or when Bond is putting her on the train, she goes like this in her stomach, but doesn't say anything. Yeah, and she's like in tears. That. No, I, didn't I, notice I, I noticed that. And I, I was like realizing that so many people didn't notice that. And I was like, really? I was like, am I the only person that noticed it? But she did. Um, and that was like, it was, you know, it was, it was pretty heartbreaking, you know, like it, it sucks. Like that was that was really sad. Yeah. So. And I mean, it makes sense because she's saying, you know, when you come back, I'm going to tell you my secrets. And that presumably is one of them, if not kind of the big one that she's waiting to reveal. And she's probably super excited to tell him, too. So heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. So heartbreaking. Go back and see that part if you haven't, especially because I, I that I impacted me a lot because like I noticed um, instantly that, okay, she's probably implying that she's pregnant. So anyways, no, just wanted you guys, just wanted to point that out. Yeah, right. And then from there is when we get the, the Billie Eilish song and the theme. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I think we can do this now is going to maybe talk about it uh, earlier when we were talking <laughs> about the music, but uh, we have a section in the notes here about what is our favorite Bond theme. I'm assuming we're going to limit this discussion to just the Daniel Craig ones. Yes. Okay. Those are the only ones that I'm familiar with. Yeah. I I did ask, I did ask Will and he has watched some of the older ones and he, I think he said that, uh, tomorrow never dies. That's a good one. Oh, I thought he said golden eye. Oh, okay. Maybe he said golden. You know what? I don't remember. I'm not going to speak for other people. Golden eyes. I will speak for him. Yeah. I'm going to say the old Casino Royale is his favorite one. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine by John Lennon. Yeah, that's right. Or uh, No, it was like, it's it was live a and let die Paul by Paul thing. Live and let die. I know what you're trying to right. get at. Yeah. It's that other song that's by <laughs> a different guy who was also in the Beatles. Imagine that, that being a Bond theme. That would be so stupid. That'd be the worst fucking Bond movie. <laughs> it's imagine all uh, of the James Bond. But yeah. I don't know. So I mean, it sounds like I mean we all really liked the the Billie Eilish one, which I mean, yeah, yeah it was I, really. I like Billie Eilish just as an artist. Yeah, I listen to her a lot. Me and too. I think her her theme would be my favorite if the Chris Cornell one didn't slap so fucking hard. <laughs> I like where you're at. I like where your head's at. Yeah. I mean, and we've talked about this, obviously, on Discord. Rebecca and I are of the opinion that Skyfall is the best one. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's Skyfall. I don't know Absolutely. that one. Uh-uh. It's so epic. Caleb, explain to the group why you, why you dislike Skyfall. There is a portion. Okay, so I would like Skyfall. Other than the fact that I think there is a glaring part of the song that has diminished my like for it insanely. I remember first hearing the song and I was like, oh, this is going to be good. And then she starts going up that 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 one part right there. I hate so much. It's literally like once I heard that, I was like, I hate this. Like what? Why did it, it sounded like she she did the song in one take and kind of just like went with it and they never like went back and addressed that portion. 
you know, you you guys might like it. Don't worry. Don't let my opinion. Oh, I'm not. Don't worry. But but I just think that sounds horrible. And it's like if it was just once, then maybe I would have like looked the other way. But it was like eight times in the song. And I'm like, I'm in the theater when I'm like 12 when I first saw this. And I was like, I, I hate this. Why is this? Okay, the, <laughs> like, the lyric is we will stand tall. It's like the third line in the chorus. And she goes up and then she does a little. Wah, 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 and then it goes back down. And I am inclined to agree that it has always sounded weird. And I've all I couldn't quite like I never had that strong of an opinion on it until you told me. And I realized like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely agree with you on I, that, I, that. I dislike the sound of that. I dislike the way that she does that. I I'll like, have to go back and listen, but I I don't. I'm gonna be honest. You that. two are literally the only two people on the fucking planet I've ever heard <laughs> talk about this. Like I've not. I've talked about like Bond themes and Skyfall specifically with like a significant number of people, and have never once heard this. But criticism. I knew exactly what he was talking about. No, I'm gonna like, go oh, back yeah, and you're listen, right, you're and right. I'll see. The, so I, I, I might also too that just I, gaslight you. So, you know. yeah, and we'll tell you that it's <laughs> no, a I'm guessing it's really good. That's actually the best part of the song. Yeah, actually. Everyone likes it because it's bad, and I'm actually gaslighting you guys, <laughs> and you're going to agree with me at some point. Okay. But, um, like, other than that, like, I, I do like Adele sometimes. She's a great singer, and, like, um, her new stuff actually is really good. That's, that's a different topic. We but, aren't talking about Adele, though. We're talking about James I, Bond, yeah. No Time we're, we're, to Die. We're talking about we're talking Daniel Craig's Bulge. <laughs> yeah um but yeah uh i i still i think i'm gonna have to go with casino royale's theme that i listen to it again obviously i do have a little bit of a bias because chris cornell is one of my favorite and you're a misogynist so the fact that I'm and I'm, a, <laughs> I'm not gonna confirm that guy's not true um because i sam smith's version i i think was the worst yeah. one not great. Um, yeah although i also i said this also in our chat i think writing on the wall is like not a bad song. It's pretty enjoyable. Yeah. I just think it was up against some real bangers, generally speaking. Yeah. I also think it was always exciting to like, because they come out before the movie, and it was always exciting to hear the song for the new Bond movie and to see like what new thing they did with it. And for Sam sure. Smith was just kind of like Skyfall again. But, but not as good because like, they should have went with Radiohead. Adele, it's just kind of what Radiohead thinks. Yeah, Radiohead. Honorable the thing mention. about that Radiohead one is. I don't think it like uses the the James Bond chord progression. Or no, anything. it doesn't. It's like yeah. it it's, doesn't. A, it's a cool song, but like it doesn't. It's a, they all use a part of the James Bond theme except for that one. And you know the reason they might have not used that is because it, maybe that was the reason. And Tom York is I, enough of a dickweed to just be <laughs> like, no, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> and he's Br oh wait, is Sam Smith British? I don't I think so. No. Okay, never mind. Then that 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 takes it away. But anyways, I think Casino Royale and No Time to Die are the best ones, but of the two, I think I like Casino Royale's the most. Yeah. So fair. that's my opinion. No, I mean I think we're basically all in, in the same opinion, except just replace Casino Royale with Skyfall for me and Rebecca. Yeah. It's like I, but obvious <laughs> no time to die, fucking strong contender <laughs> in any case. And then there's also the the one odd man out Quantum of Solace. Which honestly, right. I didn't mind. It was just like different yeah, it's, with it's, like Mariah Carey and Jack White. It's, it's not or again, Ali, Alicia, Alicia Keys. Keys. Sorry, Keys. Come Alicia on. Keys. They're the same person. No, they are not. <laughs> See, like I said, misogynist. Misogynist. 
Throw in a oh, no. sprinkling of Everyone's racism because every black woman is the same. Oh, no. Nice, Caleb. You're gonna get canceled, real good. Caleb. I'm glad we've carved out your roles in real time. of the problematic host on this show. I'm getting canceled in real time. That's right. You came. Yeah. But anyways, you heard it here first, folks. Uh, yeah. So then we pretty much get right into James Bond's cool house and his awesome life that you just know is going to get ripped away from him. Uh, cause there's a dang old partially there while well, there's a cigar ash on his like veranda. And then there's the butt of a cigar on his mantle. I don't know what the parts of these houses are called in like a tropical house. <laughs> Uh, I'm sure there's like specific dumbass island words for them and I, I don't care. Um, mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, it's like and so that's where, you know, Felix Leiter comes back, you know, and they, they meet up and all that stuff. And I act, I really enjoyed this part because uh, um, I thought it really illustrated the theme of like time passing and sort of the next generation uh, of spies in this case, kind of taking over from the the older ones. Like you have, you know, Felix's protege, uh, the Book of Mormon, as he's referred to. <laughs> that was that made me laugh so very hard. Good. That was so very, good. very fucking funny. Yeah, yeah. So you've got that, and then of course you also meet the new 007 shortly after the words. Um, yeah, just generally that whole scene with like Felix trying to get Bond back on board and to like help the CIA. What? But he's MI6. Oh, what? And then he like agrees to do it, which is like pretty weird. And then he's Rebecca pointed out, you know, that he loses the lying game with Felix. He's lost his touch. Right. Yeah. There is also the scene where... um some people steal stuff from a from a bio lab and there's oh like shit a, you're oh, right yeah. there's a lunch comedy thing that i really liked for some oh reason my God. it was funny i thought the characters soup. were very funny and then yeah. so there's funny like, there's the the asshole russian guy that they kidnap and he he was just qu- he was quite a character for like no particular reason but pretty funny. Really funny. I was like ready to be annoyed by him. And I just kind of yeah. always found him like a funny, like part of the scenes. Like funny and believable. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean, I like funny and he wasn't like he wasn't like one liner gags funny. He was like actually funny. And also his one liners were funny is the other yeah. thing. And so it's like even the ones that were sort of like that would otherwise be sort of lazy jokes is like, I think they were delivered really well. And so, you know, they worked. No, you're right. I completely fucking glossed over that. It was really cool. The way they like broke into the building and they like, Oh yeah. The lasers. I was, I was just about to say that the laser window fucking thing. Yeah. That was so cool. And they just like cut it open and it just like fell down. And then when they were actually like, after they like killed all the scientists, which was just like horrifying. Um, and then they're like jumping down the elevator chute with their like magnets. The fucking like, magnets. That was weird. So I was like, what the that hell? That was the coolest shit I've ever seen with it. Just like I exploding know. the like little magnet sticky things on the side and then blowing a hole in the elevator shaft. Really good gadgets in this movie. I feel, I, yeah. I feel like that wouldn't be like practical in any sense, but I didn't really care. <laughs> it's like, no. I mean, like, it seems like that is the so... one situation you can use it in. So you need yeah. to jump down an elevator shaft. No, I yeah. just kind of assumed that like, 
Spectre, you know, had this thing custom built for like this one specific mission because that's just how like freaking bad they are. Um, how the, bad the, or the, bad? The fake eye guy. Yeah, the fake eye guy. Consistency over the uh, over the five movie franchise to sort of portray like the British government and intelligence agency as like inherently flawed and corrupt and bad. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I don't I think know how especially... much of that was in the classic Bond movies. I, there's Probably very little any. of that commentary, honestly. Uh, there's like, they're very much are just like campy action adventure movies. And like MI6 is just like the vet is just like an excuse to have this guy with practically unlimited resources and like the ability to travel around the world and like kill people without, you know, getting arrested, essentially. Mm-hmm. Whereas like these, these are much more like spy thrillers and they have a political element to them. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, there was also like I know I noticed there was quite a few like commentary on like American um involvement in like foreign countries as well too. Like throughout a couple of films, it's it's always like pretty minimal, but it's like whenever like you know they, especially like the first um interaction with like Felix and like the CIA's involvement and stuff. They were talking about kind of I think this was in a this Quantum of Solace. Yeah, in Quantum of Solace in particular, they were talking about that a lot too, and I thought that was really interesting. I was like, damn. That's that's very interesting. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, especially like the flawed involvement of um, MI6, and I think it was mostly like a big point in Skyfall. But um, we're not talking about Skyfall. Oh, I, yeah, <laughs> I've not I know, seen but, it. <laughs> uh, I, that's why I'm going to keep it vague. Just like the point of like MI6 being flawed. Um, okay, and then also. Um, hints of it throughout the the series as well, and I've I've always really liked that aspect of the Bond films. Yeah, and the Craig ones. Well, because I mean, Inspector picks up right there because like the British government is like, well, MI six actually kind of fucking sucks, and like maybe we're gonna hand it to this other like dweeb who's gonna do computers instead of like cool guys <laughs> yeah. that like run around and shoot people. And, yeah, you know, we're all like, boo, no, don't, we want don't people do that. To be murdered that movie would you know, suck. Guns. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. We want Bond to keep being a cool guy. Come we on. We want assassins. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. None of this drone shit. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I was giggling a little bit at like all of the, the biosafety stuff in there. Uh, Rebecca leaned over to me at one point. It was like, did they do science right? And I was like, not even a little. (laughs) Um, I will say, I mean, part of the thing that I thought was like the dumbest and like least accurate, uh, it actually made sense because it was nanobots. I didn't realize it was nanobots. I thought it was just viruses because they were like, oh, smallpox, uh, Ebola at the beginning. And I was like, okay, it's a weaponized virus. And we'll circle back to this. Not sure I was quite ready for like a virus to be the bad guy in this movie. But anyways, we'll put a pin in that. And so I was like, OK, so they're going to steal this like really like horrible virus from this lab and like and do, you know, bad guy stuff with it. Uh, and then I thought what they were doing with the computers to like encode the genes or whatever, I thought the computer was like rewriting the genetic code of the virus itself and i was like that shit is not remotely how that works uh but like okay i guess it was a nanobot so maybe i can fucking forgive that i will say the implication of them taking a like the cylinder of like nanobot goop uh out of containment 
I thought that they were taking it out of liquid nitrogen, right? Because there's like vapor coming off of it and stuff. And I was like, well, you would probably want to use tongs for that because uh, I've burnt myself <laughs> on liquid nitrogen. Not a, I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, and I was like, okay, well, he's holding the handle of the cylinder, right? He like pulls it up out of the like cold block. And I was like, well, maybe the handle's really well insulated. And then he fucking bare hands the bottom of the cylinder. And I was like, no, your palm would snap off of your hand. Uh, I'm sorry. That's a- <laughs> stuff was happening. Stuff was okay. Listen, the call was getting broken up. I changed some settings. Craig got kicked out, and then I I brought him back. So yeah. that's all. Craig that is our we fifth continue. host. Continue speaking. <laughs> no, that's okay. Yeah. Craig's our fifth host. He doesn't ever say anything, but he's here. Uh, and I, the Holy Spirit is our sixth host, actually. So, <laughs> anyways, no, that's all I said. Was that he bare hands this thing that was implied to be in liquid nitrogen and like that would fuck you up real bad. Uh, He's built. And then the fact that people are wearing lab coats at their desk kind of defeats the purpose of a lab coat. You know, you got to take that <laughs> off when you're out of the lab. I thought you were supposed to do that at all times. You're a scientist. You got to establish that. So yeah. Well, I mean, coat. I have a lab coat <laughs> in my home. Why aren't you wearing it? I could. I thought you were a scientist. <laughs> kind of warm, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So that was, yeah, that was funny. Uh, and then also one of our friends that we went with is like, a, he does computers and like, he was also laughing at like all the hacking sequences. Cause I mean, yeah, those are, those are funny. Self-aware, but funny. <laughs> I, I, I always thought it was a, an interesting thing, um, especially in this movie, because like in parallel, I was watching Mr. Robot. Which actually does a, a a a very like it tries to portray hacking as accurate, and the reason I bring that up is because Rami Malek. Yeah, that's it. Um, and then like watching like uh, this movie, and it's like hacking, and it's just like oh, it's weird so shit funny. on screen. It's so and good. there's like no known OS, which I mean, I guess that's normal in some cases because like there's hundreds of different operating systems that are out there, but. Like just some weird looking shit that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, I've 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 programmed, uh, no pun intended, myself to um, just accept that because it's it's whatever. It doesn't yeah, Q matter. has a like disembodied motion graphics designer living inside of his computer yeah, who just right. can, pro- can export graphics in real time somehow. Exactly, exactly, <laughs> and a, a woman that just like lives in there that like says things out loud. And I mean, I guess like I have to address this now since we're talking about it. I lost my fucking mind when during the hacking scene and the woman's voice comes on and says, Blofeld's eyeball unlocked. That was the funniest fucking thing I've ever heard. Oh, my God. I I think it was supposed to be super funny because that was was, that also got me because like it's just like hilarious and like, to hear that I don't, i'm sure there's a story behind how that like made it into the movie and like how it didn't get cut but holy shit yeah anyways eyeball. unlocked yeah anyways anyways back to uh okay yeah is there anything more to say about the the break-in scene i don't think so okay. i mean i have to cool. I have to cut in really fast. I feel like we're going really slow and I feel like this movie will or this podcast will be just as long as the movie. You know, if we wanted to keep it like 90 minutes and we've been recording for like 45. We're I mean, not I halfway. think we're pretty much through like the first third and some change, okay. right? I guess I, I just wanted to like... I happens in the middle. And okay. really the I just end, wanted too. to like be... 
I just wanted to be the, the, the clock for a second because it was like stressing me out. Yeah, so. and we can also take a break, but we're also very close to the part where Anna Darmus shows up. And I yeah, want to get, really get through that. We absolutely need to talk yeah. about that. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. Sorry. Well, no, I, I just wanted to make sure that we were all on the same page. Yeah. Uh, are we going to cut that part out of the... Are we Maybe, probably. Okay. Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> probably. Yeah, so after that, then, I don't sure. know, imagine then I now am talking about the part where Felix shows up and all that shit happens with the oh, CIA. Yeah, Felix. Yeah, and then we'll just skip forward to when they go to Cuba, not going to think too hard about CIA operations ongoing in Cuba. Just don't even yeah. worry about I, it. Yikes. I will encourage you to I, listen to Blowback. Good podcast if you want to learn about the cia in cuba i also think it was interesting because i feel like that was also intentional too like yeah, totally. just showing like yeah so I, th- I think that was pretty cool for the movie to do that yeah um yeah and bond yeah is tasked with uh with stealing our our lovable hilarious russian scientist from this like specter ball that it turns out to be blofeld's birthday um, it's just a really weird scene. Very weird. So funny. So fucking oh funny. And they just like have his eyeball like on, on this like plump, like pl- like plush pillow, just like wandering around. Like, oh, it's so good. Yeah. I love it. Very I loved funny. it so much. I was, you know, because Spectre did some dumb and bad things, and Blofeld was one of them. Yeah. Like pretty much the main misstep in that movie was like using Blofeld, but also like the way that he was handled and just kind of just kind of weird, inserted in a weird Star Trek into darkness, like <laughs> my name is Khan sort of way. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah. And so I, I think I was Christoph worried about Waltz, like really yeah. had it been like anyone doing like a worse job portraying Blofeld, I think a lot more people would have seen that for what it was, but like he really fucking knocked the performance out of the park, you gotta say. Anyways. Yeah, and I think Carrie Fukunaga had like a big task ahead of him mm-hmm. to like actually do something meaningful with Blofeld. <laughs> and I think he ended up doing like the best you possibly could with what he was given. Right. Kind of the main theme of this movie was like a lot of the continuity was kind of messy. And this movie, I, I just thought in general with what they were working with, I thought it was a great way to like understand and complete the assignment. I oh guess. yeah. I totally agree. And like, I think actually that's like not a bad segue back into this whole scene with uh, with Ana de Armas, because like that is such a God, it's such a like bizarre, like disjointed part of the movie. Like it honestly is like (laughs) 15 minutes and it doesn't quite feel like the same movie. It kind of comes out of nowhere, but it's fucking awesome. Like it's so good. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like from just from the beginning, it's like, oh, there's this weird like shitty looking bar that they uh-huh. meet up in and they like go to a wine cellar and there's all these like quippy like aha we're maybe gonna have sex and it's like no you have to put on a suit you dingus and, uh, <laughs> that kind of stuff and then they just kind of like fucking demolish this mansion full of specter people and also like people get poison gassed and that's kind of when you learn like what this the what project Heracles or whatever, like what the the weapon actually does. 
Uh, I was just, I was surprised that they actually showed the people just like oh melting. God, that yeah. was fucked up. It was. I was like, oh my god! Not <laughs> the eyeballs like popping out. I know. I was like, holy shit! That this movie was PG thirteen. Yeah, just like the boils <laughs> like popping up on their face. Pretty nasty. Very nasty. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but then like another great action scene. I like the dynamic between them and you know the new 007. Like, who's going to get the Russian scientist and what's going to happen and all that stuff. Uh, like, I don't know, that like spy versus spy kind of stuff of like there's competing intelligence agencies, you know, going after the same asset or whatever. And like, who's going to get it? And like kind of them fucking each other up as much as they're sort of interfering with, you know, the the bad guys that they're trying to get. Uh, but anyways, all that to say, really fun scene, really good, like shooting and uh, just like the action was handled really, really well. I thought like I thought the hand to hand combat in this movie generally was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. I want to point out, I thought it was also really goddamn funny that every time like Ana de Armas kicks somebody, there would like trumpets in the background would be like, what are they? Yeah, it was like regular Bond music and then just like some cool like Cuban Cuban jazz. Yeah, just like trumpets blaring Uh, that I I, it was like a a Cuban like version of the Bond theme that I that I think was playing in the background. Actually, that's what I noticed. I was like, this is sick. It was like like, it was almost really stupid. But it wasn't, and it was really cool instead. It's like the theme of this movie. Yeah. I feel like that really just sort of like over the top, like score combined with like the most like so funny and absurd like fight choreography where she's just like in her like really, really like high slit skirt and you can just like like, see her ass like hanging out in her like tall heels, just like kicking people and like pulling them down and just like smashing them with like her elbows. It was like almost like superhero-esque, but like still like weighty and and kind of grounded. I don't know. It was delightful. Such a good time. I really liked the dynamic that they went for. It was like almost like stereotypical, like you know, introduce like new attractive female that is also good at <laughs> hand-to-hand combat and like killing, but she's not actually like, you know, a bad, you know, entity. She's not like trying yeah. to like do anything to Bond. She's just like genuinely a new, new at what she's doing and right. really good at it. She's and, a like, femme I, like, fatale, Bond the whole time. but not quite yeah. like competent yet, which was- And like, I was going to say like, yeah. I, I really like how Bond was like, you just started this? It's like, damn, yeah. you're really good. Like, it was almost <laughs> like just like this really like cute, like dynamic of, I don't know. I really like that. Yeah, aspect. I loved how she came out of nowhere and she was just sort of like, I don't know. She just like stole the entire movie for me. And I had, I had read Make the next franchise about her. Well, that's yeah. the thing is, I had read impressions of the movie because, you know, they do that for the big movies. These insider people go and see the movie ahead of time at the premiere. And then, you know, they always tweet positive things about the movie. So you have to take them with a grain of salt <laughs> because they want to keep their relationship with the studios and keep getting invited to more early premieres and stuff. And so <laughs> I read I read all these people's, you know, their their spoilerless tweets that were like, yeah, No Time to Die was really good. And a lot of people were saying, like, I want to see an Anna de Armas movie. She was the best part of that movie. And I just thought they're being hyperbolic. This yeah. is silly. Turns and out. then I left the theater thinking the same thing. Yeah. I was like, mm-hmm. I want an Anna de Armas Bond movie. That was sick. And I wish she was in the movie more. And it was really funny because they introduced her. And I like I was actually like first I was like offended 
because of the way that she's introduced. I was like, they just like they put her in here in like a skimpy dress and she is like she's like stupid. She's like dumb. Yeah. Is she like the ditzy <laughs> Bond girl? And that's what you're yeah. doing in James I'm- Bond in 2021. And then she just like flipped the script and kicked everyone's ass and it was like well no she's not the ditzy bond girl she's like she was just kind of flustered and right just being adorable and she is actually just really fucking good at her job and i guess i'm just sexist yeah Yeah. she had to down that martini though yeah that that was great oh my gosh they they both like stopped in the middle of the fight just (laughs) yeah bottom but like I mean, it's like almost gaslighting the audience into being sexist. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I guess like I just have two final thoughts and then we can we can take a break. Uh, I noticed how like musical the fights were during this scene of like guns would go off and like people would get punched in the face like on beat. And it would usually be in like sets of three, I noticed, uh, which was pretty cool, I thought. And then. Don't tell the CIA I said this and don't send me to a horny Guantanamo Bay, but I would like Ana de Armas to kick me in the face. So I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, We can take a break. Me too. Should we do another clap? Because Uh, yeah, we can do that. I got a Snickers. Ooh, I really want a Snickers. Holy shit. No. Ugh, sounds so good. Yum. I'm ready. To I don't know why everyone else is. <laughs> There's only an N on sure. this. Okay. Yeah, let's all get ready to clap. Clap again. Are we ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, clap at uh, 20 seconds. Oh, fuck. Okay. Oh, okay. Okay. I, I, I asked. <laughs> I thought I got everyone saying yes. I thought I had enough time. <laughs> of course you didn't. What are you talking about? <laughs> you didn't know the website open. No, I, I just, it was, it's just on a different tab. I'm ready. Okay. okay. Now we'll clap at 42. Oh, Luna okay. jumped. <laughs> Good. Luna, stay on your fucking toes. The shortcut to switch tabs is control tab. Just a just a free tip. I know. I know. <laughs> I just had I didn't have Chrome open. I just had to click on it and it was show up. Wow. This wasn't fast enough. Boy, oh boy. And now it's time to switch tabs back to the episode. So uh, <laughs> that's a cool joke that you'll get if you are part of this Discord conversation and probably not if you're just listening at home. Anyways, Unless we just, it was included. It could be included, Travis. You can keep it, it in could here. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess, well, we'll see. We'll see what gets included and what doesn't. Anyways, we just left Cuba. They bring uh, our friendly Russian scientist to a fishing boat, I guess. Bond right. steals a seaplane from the new 007 to do so. We find out uh, how Project Heracles works, that it targets people based on their genes and our our Russian friend programmed it to kill everyone. Inspector, actually, whoa, turned to the tables have turned. How about that? Uh, 
And then we, yeah, we dump him onto this fishing boat. And then it turns out the Book of Mormon was actually the Book of Sprickin' Satan. And he, <laughs> no, he was, he was still the Book of Mormon. Yeah. <laughs> Mormon, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Rude. Yeah, well, Caleb's already been canceled. And so this is just okay, a big that's, that's heel turn true. this episode. We really dug mm. our own graves here. Uh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, the scene where it's like revealed that uh, this guy, Logan Ash, is his name, the Book of Mormon guy. Uh, he's a uh, bond is like, who ordered you to kill all the specter guys? And he like he's like, yeah, who ordered us to do it? Oops, shouldn't have said that. And then Felix ends up getting shot. Uh, there's a real intense escape from a sinking boat and Felix dies. And it's real sad. And that hit me a lot harder than I thought it would for a guy who's just like kind of around. For a guy who hasn't (laughs) been around since Quantum of Solace. (laughs) Yeah, like his scene in Casino Royale is fun because he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, the CIA will stake you into this poker game. And it's like a cool. And he has a great voice. Oh, yeah. yeah, Yeah, Absolutely. So good. He's so smooth. Yeah, He's good in like Westworld too. just like all the stuff that that that's right. Yeah. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But yeah. Yeah, and then we get back to England. Boo, England. We're in freaking London. Um, and then, yeah, there's like this confrontation between M and Bond that I thought was fun. Uh, the Bond gets a sick burn and he's like, this desk is either is getting bigger or maybe you're just getting smaller. Um, yeah, and I think we've kind of throughout We've been getting these snippets of M being like, oh, fuck, fuck, fuck. The Heracles project is like escaped and like I it's we're in a real fucking jam here. Um, and so Caleb, like getting back to well, I guess Caleb and Travis, you were both making this point earlier of like these spy agencies being depicted as like actually just kind of bad and like corrupt, at least if not sort of incompetent or like irresponsible. Uh, I I thought this scene was like a cool way of of depicting that that like sort of back and forth between Bond and M. How like M is like, you know, has like ostensibly he's successfully navigated this changing world and has like found political success in that, but it's still kind of it ends up costing him a lot in that you know he's basically responsible for this weapon getting out. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like, yeah, we did. We spent a lot of time on the beginning of this movie because it's a lot more fun than the middle. I'm trying to like. The middle is pretty good. I mean, it's good. I think it does. It does a lot of work setting up the end, which is, I mean, the, the note what, that I wrote was that what I thought the middle that of a movie the, does. Yes, I thought that the pacing was really good. I thought yeah, that I would agree. they did a really good job of building tension and like the movie is exciting like genuinely exciting i think in a way that like other franchises like a lot of the mission impossibles are like or fast and furious even it's like they're exciting because like you know that they're supposed to be exciting and you're sort of along for the ride and i feel like this movie is like it's exciting in a way that like feels earned more so than other movies like that and i think it's just because like overall these movies you get so invested in this specific bond character and i think maybe that's a byproduct of this sort of new, uh, this new idea of of keeping a content like a running continuity with with James Bond. I don't know, but 
I, like all these movies always have these Bond movies always have like at least one really fun and like sick action set piece. And I thought yeah. that one in this movie, I mean, there's a few in this movie, which is great and awesome. But like the standout one to me, I think was really like the after Bond meets up with uh, with Madeline and the, the daughter who she says is not his daughter, but it clearly is. They go out on a car <laughs> chase and that car chase is fun. But then there's a scene that I call Bond Rambo's dudes in the forest. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that was fucking great scene. the fucking highlight of this so movie. Good. I mean, I, I guess Anna Darmus is my highlight of the movie. But right behind that is Bond Rambo's dudes in the forest. Yeah. Which, Absolutely. Uh, I really like that. I really like that. Yeah, the guy getting clotheslined with the winch cable off the motorcycle, the fucking Logan Ash getting squashed by the, the SUV that's like pinned against a tree. Yeah, there's a lot also, of really cool scenes in there. Also, just like Bond, like zooming around with his like little rant, like his in his like SUV with his like little family. I just yeah. like thought was just so. I mean, sad but also funny because like he, you know, yeah. he should be in his yeah. like his speedy, sexy guy. And there's so but much tension. Like there's tension in Mission Impossible when Tom Cruise is racing a motorcycle the wrong way oh, on, on the road. But there's more tension in Bond when there's a kid in the car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Holy I shit. I it was the... so tense. Yeah, just like... I was curious to why they weren't like shooting at the car or anything. Because it just kind of Because like, they wanted to like... capture Madeline. I guess that is true. Yeah. I, I don't and know. I, I think they wanted like... the daughter as well. They, they, the whole idea was to bring them to the to the Garden of Death. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I guess like for some reason I just like was like, why aren't they just like shooting at the No, I, I wondered like... the same thing and like I didn't put it together actually until I had already left the movie and I was like thinking about it and I was like, yeah, what like what was going on with that? And then I kind of realized. Um, yeah, but speaking of, you know, Bond being in dad mode with like an actual child in a car seat in the back of a car while he's doing a car chase of like, man, it broke my fucking heart to see him like drive away from the little lake house in the Toyota SUV instead of his Aston Martin. That's mm -hmm. really the scene for me that I was like, this guy's going to fucking die in this movie. Like he's done. He's no longer James Bond. He's James' dad. I think it's such <laughs> James' dad. Like, <laughs> I think it's uh, it's such. The more I think about it, it's such good like storytelling yeah. arc to like flip from Casino Royale, where he starts off as this rash, like impulsive guy who he's lit, he's running, he's shoulder smashing through walls, and, and he's, he's not like, even a killing double innocent in the people. Beginning. He yeah. just like no no rhyme or reason. He's just he's kind of having fun almost. He just like doesn't give a fuck. And then we go, we, we, we fast forward to no time to die. And he is like fighting for his kid's life. Like he's no longer partaking in tomfoolery. Like he <laughs> has been forced into survival. And yeah. I think no I don't know, it's such a good arc. Yeah. What, what, one thing that was kind of weird was like, um, I still don't really know why um, Madeline didn't tell him that it was his kid. Like, I don't know what necessarily the, the reason would be like i get she would be like mad at him but like at the same time i it's asked like, you this you said it's because she was mad at him you you explained this to me why are well, you asking i, I, <laughs> I kind of sat on it and thought about it more and i was like wait even then that still wouldn't really make any sense because like i don't know it, it, it just I felt weird there was kind of an understanding 
like an unspoken understanding. That's what I, I that's what point. I assume. I guess that well. would make sense. The the one thing that kind of clarified that was like her eyes are blue, you know, and like it was kind of <laughs> an emphasis on Bond knowing that that was his his daughter's not like because her eyes are blue, but like Bond saying that and kind of like in the back of his head like that she is my daughter like but I don't know. I just thought it was like interesting, but I don't know. I I wouldn't sit on it. Just thought that was kind of, hmm, maybe you should tell this person that's their kid. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I thought I thought that was just because, yeah, I mean, like like you said, there's just this sort of understanding between uh, Madeline and Bond that like. You know, Bond's an assassin. He's works for MI6. Like he isn't going to be a father to this little girl. And so like you shouldn't complicate it by like giving him this information that he can't actually act on. Um, I Okay, now that you say that too, now it brought up another point. It's like, maybe that actually is good because in the start of the movie, they're in the same house and like her mom was talking about like how her father goes out and kills people and has a lot of enemies. Oh, see, I, thought I missed that part. That was before I walked but, into the theater. So there you go. And now like... The father of this child is also that, and she doesn't want him to know that. I, I don't know that, that. Maybe that's actually pretty, like, really good. Then, huh? I got excited uh, yeah, to watch the movie again. I'm really excited to watch the movie again. Yeah, when it comes to my television. I mean, so. maybe I just confirmed <laughs> it that that was like genius. <laughs> that's right. Uh, I don't know. That's no, but right. I think but, you're onto something. I think there's like a really interesting, I mean, maybe it's more apparent in Skyfall because like you mentioned about like family and stuff like that. But I, I feel mm-hmm. like these sort of like repeating traumas, these sort of like families being torn apart by like assassins, spy shenanigans with both like Remy's, I guess what what's his what's the character's name? Lucifer oh Safin is his name. It's Sa- they say Safin. that once in the movie. It's like they call him Safin a few times, okay. and like that's what I remember. I just obviously, I mean, I'm not gonna forget that his name's fucking like Lucifer, but <laughs> like Safin. Yeah, I had to look that up when I was writing my notes. Yeah, so Lucifer Safin, yeah. right, talks about like, oh, you know, Madeline's dad killing his family, and then like now he has like a vendetta against her, and and like we have the the sort of like the 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 beef between Blofeld and Bond and family there, and I just like thought it was like kind of like a continuation of like we have this character who's like not really supposed to have any attachments he's just this like gallivanting guy and every single woman who he sleeps with dies and like that's just like sort of his like you know whatever his 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 character right and and i guess as the continuity builds right over time there's like a little bit more attachments and we kind of like come to the like the, the finale which is the wrapping up of all these like loose ends and I think they do like a surprisingly good job wrapping up all the loose ends. And it really kind of comes together in like this, I think like the middle chunk where, yeah, he gets the, the he finds out that he has a daughter and his, I guess, lover and his daughter and his family gets like kidnapped and things start to fall into place as like, who's the real big, the big villain in town, um, I guess this time. And yeah. I think Cam, I don't remember like where you 
if you were like referencing like a tweet or like somebody else's take and I don't know who it was, but um, Cam was telling me that um, it seems like the nanobots was almost like a B plot to this like a larger mm-hmm. kind of like yeah. fun, weird family drama <laughs> that was kind of. Yeah. Centered. Yeah, definitely. I agree. I very much think that like the villain in this movie is not really the villain of the movie. It feels like it's more of like a like a family got to work out the stuff. Like he's just sort of there as a plot vehicle for the mm-hmm. real story, yeah. which is like Bond and Madeline and and his daughter and the uh, stuff that they got to work out. Yeah, <laughs> the stuff. Yeah. He's like, my family died, so you can't have this family. Yeah, uh, I mean, the motivations are like pretty weak, I think, all around for uh, for Rami Malek's character. But like, and I, ultimately, I don't think I it really think matters because like, I don't care about it. I no, care I, about I Bond's think it's family. fine. It's yeah. like after four movies, I think it's fine to do a like save the world plot, which in, you know, in any other situation, I think that's kind of a cop out. And it's like, that's not that's not interesting because you either save the world or you don't. And you do, of course. And like, right. there's not really anything to to look forward to there in terms of what new thing can you do at the end of the movie but here i think like by weaving in that family drama and that that dynamic that i said earlier i think is like almost like a like a soap opera if it was like good and had 400 million dollars um, yeah <laughs> <laughs> definitely, definitely but i mean I, I think i don't know i feel like i was probably the most disappointed at the use of um, Rami Malek's character because I'm just a big fan of him. I'm a big fan of him and his just him as an actor and like he's, he's an incredible face. actor. Yeah, he's he's just a great actor and I just feel like he was just very underutilized. Well, and it, so it I just thought the same me... thing. In fact, that's that's literally in in my notes right now. But <laughs> I feel like I don't even agree with that because like the longer I've had to sit on it, I think. That he is very consciously used as sort of a less of a character and more of a of a plot vehicle. Like, yeah, I yeah. We, I don't, we already I don't, sort of did a a Bond that had a very fleshed out villain in Skyfall, and like you know, Blofeld is Blofeld, yeah. and like I, 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 what I'm saying is I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, uh, like personally for me, I'm just sad that he was underutilized. You just wanted to see more Rami Malek. I, I wanted to see more of him. Yeah. I wanted him to be like his incredible, use his incredible acting skills, but it was kind of just like. You know, uh, I'm uh, I'm scary, kind of. Yeah. But know, I also but feel like his performance was so good. Yeah, I feel like nailed. he no, it, really it was. It was, and I'm not like I absolutely agree. It was. I just um, moral of what I'm trying to say is I wanted more of him, and I just wish it was just a little bit like more utilized. But I understand the context of why he was used the way he was. Yeah, I will um, say it was just more of a personal thing for me. We uh, we did skip over an important part in the middle, which is the whole confrontation with Blofeld in the prison. Ooh, right, that's right. So I want to jump back to that. Yeah, well, yeah. I think this is a great example, <laughs> Travis, of what you were saying. Of like, did a great job with what they were given, which wasn't much. And so, like, yeah, do I wish that, like, Blofeld had been, like, a little bit more interesting? Absolutely. Do I wish that, like, the plot would have felt like it was going somewhere? I totally do. But it wasn't. And, like, that ship fucking sailed with Spectre. And, like, you couldn't have had this movie be what it is while also having all this shit with Blofeld sort of, like, redeemed in that way. And so, like, yeah, I don't know. And, like, I really just did enjoy the scene. Basically, the one scene 
with Blofeld when they have that like interrogation. Uh, like, I thought tense. it was great. His fucking entrance is so cool where he's just like wheeled in in that like box that has like running on rails through the ceiling. Like the the like the yeah, the camera like dead center on it as it like comes through this like weird thing to into like a room to talk to a psychiatrist. I don't know what the hell is going on in that scene, but it's like it's really cool and I enjoyed watching it and like the tension and the drama of like, oh, Bond's right hand grazed Madeline's wrist that had the nanobots on it Uh, and like how central his hand is in the scene and like it's always placed somewhere and you can always see it and you're like, holy fuck, is he going to touch Blofeld? And then, you know, when it finally does happen, it's just like, no, you, you idiot, you, you've now you've done it, Bond, you've really stepped in it this time. Um, I feel like there was another kind of good moment where Bond sort of like he sort of like stopped being Bond. He sort of stopped being 007, the incredible agent who can get himself out of all kinds of scrapes when he does kind of go in and ends up, you know, murdering um, Blofeld. Where like he sort of like he loses his cool and ends up, you know, trying to strangle him and then ends up poisoning him. And there's all like that build up beforehand where he's talking to who's that guy? Who's the 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 chubby round guy? Uh, with, like, oh, balding. Tanner. Tanner. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't, yeah where, where Tanner's like, oh, you know, you can't lose your cool. And Bond's like, you don't need to tell me I've been doing this for years and then ends up losing his cool. I don't know. I just like felt like that was more just like he's been out of the game. And yeah. He's getting I, old. I, I'm sorry. I forgot Tanner. Like, it's just like a memory hole. I'm looking at yeah. him and it's like, that's that's a James Bond character. He's in a lot of the movies. Forgot. <laughs> yep. I just forgot. Yep. And he's he's there in like basically all of them, too. And it's just like, well, all right, whatever. I guess that guy's around. Anyways. Yeah, but I yeah, but I, you know, the scene is what it is. I wish it could have been more. It wasn't, but I did think it was like done really well. And I think that's actually a feeling I have about this movie generally is like a lot of the critiques that I think I that I hear and disagree with the most about this movie have to do with like with stuff that at least in my opinion was set into motion long before this movie was even written. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, I've heard people kind of like take issue with the fact that like the, the these five movies are like serialized and like, OK, whatever. That's an opinion you can have. I don't think that's really a valid criticism of this movie as like the finale of the series, though. Um, and similarly, there's like, yeah, wrapping up these loose ends, you know, people I hear. I've heard several people talking about like, oh, it's just like kind of awkward. It feels like they're kind of hurting cats, to like get all of this stuff tied up. And like one, I kind of disagree with that. I think it's actually done quite well but i also like again if you take issue with that i think your issue is like the structure of this series and not this movie because each scene in this movie is fucking good like it's really entertaining and like thoroughly enjoyable i think just like as a standalone like movie experience so i don't know i guess like i'm just doing like apology for like the Daniel Craig Bond movies but like well what can I say they're fucking good and like I think you're wrong if you don't like them if you don't like Daniel Craig Bond movies fuck you ah okay well we can jump back to the to the island now or I guess better yet let's jump to the airplane 
where Q is talking to Bond and the new 007 who then stops being 007. I don't really know what happens with her. I thought that was really stupid. I really wish they had done that. I wish the status back to 007 as like a he's reinstated as, like a, as 007. Well, it's it's the, as like a s- symbolic thing that she's it's like the friends Thor's with hammer him. moment of yeah. the James Bond movie. Yeah, it is, here here it is. There's the thing. That's the James Bond. I think thing. what should have happened was M should have just like denied <laughs> the request. Yeah. He's like, no, he's doesn't shut up. Like, that's stupid. you're right. You're right. That would have been a better scene. Yeah. And I, I, that's what I, I fully I, thought well, was going to happen. Then he was like, oh, permission granted. And I was like, well, all right. Stupid. <laughs> while I do, while I do agree with that, I do like it as more of like a symbolic gesture that like Nomi and um, James were like, you know, come to terms and like they're friends and like they understand each other now. And it's like, yeah, um, they bear their beef. Yeah, like I, I saw it more as that, and I was like, "That's why I didn't really think anything of it." Um, I d- well, I don't disagree with what you guys are saying. <laughs> um, but while we're on that topic of, or not that topic in particular, there's one scene in the plane that, for some reason, reason made me laugh really hard, and it was the tea? when Q, the yes, tea set. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very funny. But no one yes. else. There were a lot of people in my theater. No one else laughed. Oh, it was really? so funny. Was like, oh yeah. It was so funny. Like I literally like laughed so hard out loud. Like, yeah, because like oh, he was just so funny. He's like, "Whoops!" <laughs> <laughs> and like, especially because it's like it's a white porcelain tea set, like packed yeah. in like tactical foam, like in a box. It's really fucking. It's very That's good. Hilarious. Very good visual gag. And like, the, I know. Like, even just the delivery of the "Whoops!" And like, I don't yeah, know. Exactly. Very like, very good joke. I thought, generally speaking, the comedy in this movie just worked really really well it was like, so just timed perfectly yeah it was so good yeah and and that was also something i thought like that i i felt was very much a nod to the classic bond films because it's like yes. hey this isn't one of those but you know we understand we where still this came funny. from and like these campy like goofy elements are still here you know so it's like you're not getting a like Bond film as such, but you are getting these elements to it that is sort of like we're not just totally being we're not being edgy and being like, this isn't your dad's James Bond. It's more like <laughs> we're conscious of what we're doing here and we're going to yeah. like throw we're going to throw you a bone with these moments. That feeling you you really start to get like inspector, especially with like Dave Batista's character. Mm-hmm. It's like this very much feels like a like a wink and a throwback in a new direction yeah. after Skyfall, which interestingly, Skyfall and Spectre were directed by the same guy. So I, I think it's cool and fun that uh, you know, I don't like Spectre overall very much, just getting that out of the way, but he does Skyfall and it's sort of like a like a dark riff uh, on the Dark Knight Rises. It's another one of those. It's it's yeah. sort of that tone. It's what if what if Christopher Nolan directed a Bond movie and the director oh, yeah. has been in an interview saying as such that that's what he wanted to make. And then after that, he, you know, he could have done the same thing again, but instead he decided to take it in like a new and and more fun direction. And I think I really appreciate that about the 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 arc of the tone of these movies that goes from casino royale to no time to die is like there is a you know there's a turning point i think towards the end of the franchise where it starts to say like we've established bond and we've grounded bond and to send him off we're just gonna like 
we're gonna bring back some stuff from like classic bond and we're gonna have fun with it now like we we've earned the right to have fun at this point yeah definitely and i would be remiss since you brought up skyfall and dave batista's character probably my favorite joke in this entire series is when they have the car chase and bond flips the switch that says atmosphere and frank sinatra starts playing and he's like no (laughs) wait which one is that that's in skyfall that's in Skyfall. Yeah, it's okay, when Dave okay. Batista is. Uh, yeah, it's Dave when there's Spectre. Spectre. You mean? Oh shit! No, shit, it's yeah, Spectre. Because I saw that. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. I was like, okay, wait okay. a second. That's well, they right. both start with S. What you know? What do you want from me? Yeah, uh, yeah. that's fair. Um, yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, funny, funny, good, haha. We good. love to see it. Yeah. Uh, so the scene with the like predator drone that's actually a submarine. That was pretty fucking cool. Yeah. Liked that. That was, was, yeah. It was like, then goes underwater. That was that. That was like, okay, this is cool. And then it was cool too. I thought that, like, you know, ooh, they park it in a World War II style sub pen. It's all these dang generations are still coming together and like, what's going to happen? That was Mm -hmm. very reminiscent of uh, The Spy Who Loved Me, Mm -hmm. which is one of the only Bond, classic Bond movies I remember seeing. It's a good one. It's just a good fucking movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we get this, the island, which is really weird. I think overall, I really liked it. But Travis, you I noticed you put in your notes, and I'm glad you did that. Like, what the fuck was going on with all the people in like hazmat suits that were just like swiping okay. at the water with there, sticks? Like, I don't understand what the hell is that is. I don't, I just assumed that there was science happening that I didn't know anything about. Yeah, it ain't so. no science I've ever seen. God damn it. But yeah. I don't really want to go into it because most of this part and my notes are just me misinterpreting the film. I just got (laughs) confused. I think there were too many details. So from what I understand, it was just like that weird poison that uh, Rami Malek's character was talking about that he was like cultivating. So they had like, if you touch it like with your skin, you'll like burn alive basically. And this is symbolic of the nanobots, which are just nanobots i don't see i don't know why we needed the poison anyway this is something we don't need to discuss because it was just i just didn't understand a detail no the poison was was weird i think the poison garden was a reference to another bond film but i do think it took a weirdly central role if that's the case and i don't know what film it is anyways it's it's kind of goofy but (laughs) whatever love me sure why not uh, although, no, I thought, see, I thought that the set, like the compound, I thought was reminiscent oh, at the end of the Spy Who Loved yeah, Me, totally. where they go through sort of a very similar looking like submarine and I fucking place. I think it's like Doctor No takes place on like the evil guy's island as well, and this oh, is sure. definitely mm. referencing that as well. It's it's definitely like all of the like classic Bond tropes fused together as like a final send off. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Which was good. I actually really liked, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I will say though, the sets on the Island were fucking so cool. Like the Zen garden that was around all the poisonous plants with like the weird pool. That's like on top of the missile silo blast doors, all of like the kind of like ominous Japanese, like austere furniture that was around and like the kind of I don't like I really liked Rami Malek's costume that was like the almost lab coat. It was like half lab coat and half like chore coat is like a Japanese like garment. Hmm. Uh, But he also has this like almost like hazmat suit looking thing going on under it. And it's like, I don't know what it is, but I thought it was really cool. And then I loved all the light and like the reflections of water that's going on. 
Oh yeah. And the island, like so in all the pretty. various rooms. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is like, I don't, I think I have in my notes that like, yeah, the Rami Malek's character was like kind of whatever, but like, goddamn the sets and like all of the, I just love the way this part of the movie looked. Um, and I yeah. thought it was, yeah, really consistent with the tone of like, this is kind of coming to the end. And like, this doesn't look like a place that you escape from, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I absolutely. In my notes, that. I was kind of, I liked the ending. In my notes, I feel like, I, I don't know why I was kind of weirdly critical of it. I said, <laughs> like, the ending didn't feel very inventive or meaningful. Bond has to race the clock and sacrifice himself. So the missiles can hit felt like a very phoned in sort of action movie ending and not really up to the caliber of the rest of the franchise. But I feel like it's it's okay. Like, I, I don't know why I was that. Like, I liked the movie. I already said I liked the movie. <laughs> like, I think it's the best one behind Casino Royale. And I think the ending was good. And the ending kind of got me, too. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Sorry if I skipped ahead a little too far. We can talk through, you know, anything I skipped over. No, yeah. Like, I mean, well, we can get to it. I mean, sure. I do, I do want to talk about his fight up to the control room. Mm-hmm. I thought yeah. that You're talking was... about the oh. sort of like the, the little one take action sequence that mm-hmm. they sort of attempt to do. And I don't know. I just didn't feel like it was all that great use of a one take the stairwell. It just, I'm also very critical of like hand to hand combat and stuff, especially after watching so many real fights, I guess. Oh, that's <laughs> true. Yeah. <laughs> the fight connoisseur. Oh, one thing that the fight one understander thing... has logged on to the podcast. <laughs> I, think I really I... liked it. I thought it was that's fun. good. I'm, I'm glad someone liked it because I saw what they were trying to do and I was just like, like I want it to be better. <laughs> <laughs> it's the only time you'll ever see Daniel Craig be in it. So you have to appreciate it. Yeah. I wanted it to be up to old boy one take standards. Oh, yeah, it does well. It does end in a great way. It does end in a in a great and exciting and stand up and clap way, I think. Mm-hmm. Just like I- blowing up a guy's head. In that oh, yeah. oh yeah, the, 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 his the eyeball, oh, his fucking so eyeball. Good. Oh, what a good, yeah. There and was then he a, does a little one-liner. Yeah, which, which remember, was but it, it was, was very, good. It was, it was so, so corny good and funny. Yeah, that was. Wait, another, what did he say again? I don't. I don't remember. I do not. Remember. He said I think he's he, talking to Q, and he said, "I." He's like Bond. Are you something all right? And he's like. Yes, I just showed someone your watch. It really blew his mind. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly Every, like okay. several people in the theater, myself included, were like, ah, <laughs> one of those noises. <laughs> it was probably uh, you and Lucas the whole time. It was <laughs> Emma also was part oh. of it. Um, it's great because like he actually did that unironically in the classic Bond movie. <laughs> exactly. Right. And that was like just, yeah, one of those classic moments of like, okay, well, we we know what he's like being silly because he's like, yeah, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I feel like, like a that multi-layered, fits. great understanding of not just the five movies, but like the 25. Exactly. Exactly. And I also feel like it was a good fit for like a Daniel Craig's Bond too, because like he's just kind of like this like sarcastic asshole who's just like really tired of like everything when he's doing everything so like it makes sense like he's like, uh, like ironically yeah it really fucking blew his mind like mm-hmm. i don't know um but yeah i yeah i, I thought it was fine yeah uh, even though i forgot what it was for a sec <laughs> <laughs> no no i just remembered it was funny yeah, yeah it's it's you know it's also not important at all um yeah. 
Yeah, there's a there's a couple of scenes like I guess that are happening concurrently with this, uh, like especially I, I do want to talk about the that first confrontation that uh, or I guess really the only confrontation until the very climactic fight between Bond and uh, and Safin uh, after Safin already has Mathilde, Bond's daughter, uh, and they're kind of having that like that like tete-a-tete across the like weird like low Japanese table and they're like on the tatami mats like kneeling um oh Remy Malek was a weeb yeah well, no, he's, he lives next to he... Japan he's like <laughs> oh, okay he's like I think he's supposed to be Japanese at least half Japanese in the movie is Remy Malek half Japanese no, no he's, he's like Egyptian, he's Egyptian. Okay. Oh, he's, that's right, because he was in a movie once. Yeah, and anyway. there was that cool tweet where people were like accusing that movie of whitewashing <laughs> yeah. by casting him, and people were like, what the hell are you doing? But he's literally... Yeah, anyways, anyways, <laughs> off topic. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I that was one of my favorite scenes, and like, it's weird, because at first I was... I think, Travis, I had a very similar reaction to you of like, Rami Malek's motivations are kind of stupid, and like, I don't feel uh-huh. compelled by this, but then like... The more I thought about it, I was like, that's just not the point of the scene. The point of the scene it's is not, like yeah. Bond is like trying to save his daughter. And like this especially is another one of those scenes that I thought really foreshadowed his death because he's, you know, they have this back and forth. Um, there's a really good line where like, you know, Rami Malek does kind of the classic. Oh, we're not so different. You and I, you know, we have similar <laughs> goals, but, you know, I'm just tidier or whatever. Mm. Um and then Bond responds with the I thought this was actually a really good line of like, as long as there are men like you, there's always going to be a need for men like me. And it was like, yeah, OK, good. Yeah, you got him. Uh, and then not long after that, Rami Malik is like, OK, well, you've made your choice. And so, like, I guess you've chosen yourself over your daughter. Um, and it kind of precipitates this scene where Bond like fully like kowtows, you know, he's got his like forehead pressed against the floor apologizing to the bad guy, which is like, that's not fucking anything that ever happens in a Bond movie. So it's like, you know, kind of the, the, the like wheels are turning in my mind. Um, and, you know, uh, Safin even like leans down to Matilde and he's like, see, this is power, you know, and he's like trying to instill this, this uh, lesson in her, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think that, for me, was like the completion of the Bond arc is like he's now fully put his daughter's life ahead of his own, which is like so anathema to everything that like James Bond, the character kind of stands for in these movies. Especially when he's like running out of the silo and he sees the doll and he picks it up, even though he's in a like a really time constrained um Part. And he sticks it in the suspenders. It's so cute. Oh yeah. my god. Fucking heartbreaking. Um, one thing that I wanted to bring up that I totally forgot about. Uh, Travis and I talked about this. This is not really related to that, but there is that one. I thought it was really weird the confrontation scene with Nomi and that doctor. Oh, when she pushes the him into end. the water. I thought oh, that was yeah. kind of weird. It was really like weird. Like he he makes that statement about like ethnic cleansing yeah he's, he's like <laughs> i could do this by myself without a team of scientists or something like i don't really know why that was there in I particular i think it was like 
of stand up and clap type moment for Nomi's character. That's what it felt shoehorned in, but it was kind of whatever. But it is also kind of like, I don't know. It was like the payoff of like seeing that guy's corpse smoldering in the water was then, you know, the (laughs) the racist Russian guy gets pushed into the acid. Maybe it was simple. It was simply meant to show that the waters can boil you or something. No, there was because like somebody's body falls into it, like like in a scene previous. Yeah. And then like, but it was, yeah, it was very bizarre, but I think it was like she needed a, a better like moment, like a standalone cool guy Mm -hmm. moment, I guess. I don't know, but I, I agree. It was weird. And like, I didn't know what they were going to do with the Russian scientist. I thought he was going to like choose to be blown up with his work or whatever. But, you know, it what it doesn't yeah. matter. But yeah, that that was kind of awkward. I think what I don't like about it is that it, it feels kind of like on the nose and it like it feels like they felt like because they had a black 007 that they had to have that scene, which is yeah. Weird, yeah. I, that's what, that's sort of what I was thinking too. Like I remember yeah. hearing him say that and I just kind of like went back in my seat, like, like what? Huh? And I saw some people like, yeah, like get his like ass. some old right. guy. It was like, yeah, or something. Uh, and I, I was just like, Huh. huh yeah <laughs> interesting but yeah i don't know i just wanted to what point mood you're in maybe it, it works i don't know yeah. sure. i just i just wanted to point that out like obviously killing racists is good and yeah. so you should uh, do boil it. them alive yeah but i just you know it, this is a movie so that was interesting yeah definitely um yeah i mean so i guess we're pretty much to the end yeah because like uh i thought it was actually kind of fun that like Mathilde and Rami Malek are like pulled down under the floor like the tatami mats like separate and there's like a platform that lowers them into like a tunnel system. Uh, And then there's that funny scene, which is like, I think another great joke in this movie where, you know, uh, he's like carrying this little girl through these tunnels and she's like, I think this is when she realized that she left her her rabbit Mm -hmm. uh, and she like bites his hand and he like gets down and he's like, if you don't want my protection, you know, run along. And it's supposed to be him like scaring her. And then she just like pulls a 180 and like runs down the hall. <laughs> um, anyways, yeah, I just wanted to, to throw that in there since we were talking about the jokes that worked. Uh, yeah. And I, I mean, that's basically what starts this countdown more or less of like, okay, Bond is like, fire the missiles on my mark and then it's kind of that action scene up until basically the very end um yeah i don't right. think there's much to be said about it uh it's it's pretty fun i thought and you know they have their they they say their goodbyes um there's the great shot huh shot of uh bond like turning around and doing the quick draw and like shooting that guard inside that, that that like tube <laughs> hallway that has like the the rings around the outside so it looks like mm-hmm. the classic gun barrel intro it's like another of those moments i love no i really liked it it was good yeah that's it's good like to know a- that other people did because like i feel like a lot of people for some reason would be like oh that's stupid but no, like i don't know I, I thought it was good to see it again because we it saw it like, at a, the, like a period on the bond movies mm-hmm. yeah because like we I, see it at the, the first like movie if you if you hadn't figured it out by that shot you would have at that point said oh he's gonna die <laughs> right mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> right 
Uh, yeah, and I mean, I think it was handled well because like it happens and you notice it and the movie moves on, right? It's not like he does it and it like zooms in on him. He's like, oh, I guess that happened or like fucking I'm imagining just like the way it's stupider movie would like handle this, right? <laughs> Um, when Q gets on, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Oh, you, oh that was sick. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I guess, I don't know. I guess we can talk about that stairwell fight a little bit. I did like how much it like fucked Bond up that like he's limping because like, you know, they reference how only one of his knees is like working. It was a good sort of, I thought the fight was a good metaphor for just like Bond's, you know, trajectory throughout the movies and sort of his destiny to like die doing spy stuff that like he's not i I thought i thought she was like just making fun of him for being old i didn't realize he actually only had one working i mean i figured that like he lived a violent and like uh rough enough life that like it would make sense Uh that he probably would have had to have like a knee replaced or something (sighs) He's jumped off enough buildings and rolled. That yeah. He's, he's got to have bad knees. There's no way he doesn't. Right. Right. And so it's just like, yeah, he kills, you know, like 30 people or whatever on his way up to the, the control room. But it's like it takes a toll. Right. And like that, again, is such a, a present theme in the Daniel Craig movies that like. Yeah. Yeah. You get punched, you get shot or shot at and like it fucks you up. You know, it's not like the Pierce Brosnan movies where like nothing ever happened to him and he like shoots everybody between the eyes with like one try or whatever. Another thing, just like a detail that I sort of appreciated was like all the bad guys in this movie are like just military dudes. They're not like other spies or like security guards. They just look like special ops guys. And I was like, I appreciate that. It feels like, I don't know. I think a lot of these spy movies, it tends to be sort of like, dudes in suits shooting each other and not these specific ones, but I think just generally in spy movies where it's like, I thought it was like, yeah, the bad scary guys are just like the military. And I think that's something we can just sort of like accept (laughs) as a culture a little bit. Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know. Is there much to be said about like that final fight between uh, Bond and Safin? There's obviously, you know, Bond gets poisoned in it and like, you know, he, opens the doors and then he comes back and he's about to bring the bunny doll back to Matilde. And then the, the doors start closing again and he has to like run back up and, and, you know, I just thought it was, you know, like the fight, you know, did its job, but I definitely, definitely did feel some things with the realization that, you know, if he sees his family, they're going to die. If he's, if he talks to anybody and they potentially talk to, them they're going to die there's if there's anything he does it could potentially lead to his family dying and so like it's just sad you know like all of that realization of him like he had a family for like a minute and then he lost it oh yeah it was brutal for sure and i I liked it i liked that it was like a metaphor for just spy stuff in general Mm-hmm. Right. Because like that that threat was obviously always there that like he's, you know, a double O and he's been, you know, working on these like really dangerous missions for, you know, so many years that like any he's dangerous to anyone he's around. But now it's like literally, you know, these nanobots will like fuck you up or whatever. And it's like the people he wants to be with the most. So, yeah, there's like a really, really profound loneliness that I think is 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 kind of mentioned throughout. Like I'm thinking of of 
like the whole like being in love with Vesper, I guess. And um, I, I sort of imagine like that. I mean, I guess it was kind of like attention inspector mm-hmm. to some degree. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's like here again, like he's like so isolated because of his job of of his assassin <laughs> lifestyle. Um, and then, you know, he just like has to say goodbye <laughs> over the radio and it's heartbreaking. I'm, I'm, oh, so I'm sorry. Sad. This, this is uh, something stupid that just popped in my head. I was just thinking of that like serial meme where he's like, Bond will never love someone again. And then it shows this movie and he spits out his cereal. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just yeah. thought of that in the like, I don't know. But yeah. I absolutely yeah. agree with that. Just like having <laughs> having to like not see the person you love and literally have a child with and realize Or even get that, to know your child even. Yeah. Because like and there's just, that really tender, cute scene where he like cooks her breakfast or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like she's like, I'm hungry. Yeah. Um, oh God, every time that stuff like that happens in any film, it's just like gets to me. Anytime so it's sad. like- this, you know, parent and child tender interaction that's just like adorable just gets to me no matter what. No matter same, what. Same. Same. Yeah. I'm such a fucking sucker. Such a fucking sucker. Yep. I didn't think I was that sad, actually. And then like, then they actually, you know, he gets blown up and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm so sad for James Bond and his family. Yeah. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he gets exploded and then... I mean, we go back to to London. Boo. To London. Uh, Boo. Uh, then, yeah, like M <laughs> delivers this like little eulogy and they clink glasses and they have like a moment of silence and they like have their drink and they say, you know, to James. And then he's like, OK, back to work, which uh, I thought was actually kind of a fun way to like end mm-hmm. it. Um, like and I actually like. This was another scene where my initial reaction was like, I was a little unimpressed because I was like, Ralph Fiennes is also a very talented actor and can deliver like very stirring monologues. And like, we've seen him do it in plenty of other movies. Uh, But then I realized like, oh, he was weird. He was awkward and curt about this because he's a spy and like he's had to shut off that emotional part of him to like function as in his role. Also, especially throughout the film, with his realization that the virus is essentially his fault too. Mm-hmm. And you kind of mm-hmm. see that persistent. Um, yeah. That, that, that is well, he's that like, tension. he's like the whole time he's talking to like uh bond in like the radio, every time you see him, like after that realization of him having that be his fault, like he's just always just like, I fucked up so bad. Like every single time, like you see him throughout after that initial um, realization. And I, I just thought that was really good because it was just like, you know, what do you do? You have potentially a virus that will kill everyone on the planet and it's your fault for it almost. Or he thinks it's his fault for it almost to like be out in this world. So I thought that was interesting seeing that yeah. and kind of the stakes that were at play. But Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just love that it, it always goes back to that theme of like loss, you know, that like this job takes something from you it's not all like wearing cool suits and like drinking expensive cocktails and you know uh, getting the girl at the end and whatever Mm -hmm. right yeah Uh, exactly 
Yeah. And like also, you know, the sort of the the toast to Bond and then back to work also, I thought was really emblematic of the other big theme, I think, really of of this entire continuity, which is like, you know, the the passage of time and the progression of technology and the and aging and all this other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, I thought this movie did a really, really good job, obviously, with, you know, Bond having literally having a daughter, but just generally with all the other spies and all these other things of like, yeah, time passes and, you know, it waits for no man, not even James Bond. And, you know, by the end. Yeah, again, I just thought it was a really a really nice way to like wrap wrap that up. And I thought, you know, I, I wasn't really left asking questions about, you know, whose storyline went where or anything like that. I thought I was very impressed with like how cleanly this movie ended and like how much it did feel like, you know, the finale of a fucking five movie series like that lasted years over 15 years. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, you, you don't really expect like, you know, movie four or five in a franchise to be good and no, like, I, it's quite it's the opposite cool how how well this movie wraps up this series and we're we're now left with a just a, a just a nice clean five movie franchise that you could sit down and watch all of the movies are good i think mm-hmm. i mean i have oh, issues yeah. with with all of them but i there none of them are bad movies they're just a like i said i i really liked watching them all back to back um just you know do that sometime it's it's fun i just i forgot how much i i I loved these movies um i think specter kind of maybe left a bad taste in my mouth but i mean this one really brought it home for me it was i just way way above my expectations yeah i'm very glad they stuck the landing with this and like because i I like i i don't dislike specter but i think it's like easily one of the weaker entries in this Mm -hmm. in this uh particular series but yeah, and it was good to see it end on almost as high a note as it began, right? Because Casino Royale was like such a game changer, it felt like. It was such a huge departure from the previous Bond franchise. Uh, you know, Daniel Craig was, you know, this new, like shiny new Bond and like, ooh, what's he going to be like? And the movie itself fucking whips ass and like Mads Mikkelsen is like an all time great Bond yeah. villain as the chief. And there's like everything just like hits in that movie. Uh and so it was like it and I think actually Quantum of Solace especially suffered for that because it was like, how do you follow that up? Yeah. But yeah, just very happy that it ended the way it did, because like, I, yeah, I do really enjoy these movies and I would have I would have been really heartbroken if it like if they Game of Thrones did and like retroactively oh, yeah. ruined everything by having a shitty <laughs> ending, you know? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You just back in my brain. Yeah. Was, yeah. Uh, I was just thinking cool, uh, about yeah. about that earlier today. Just say, yeah. like in relative to, you know, this being like a good way to end a longstanding beloved series. Yeah, because there's ways like there's there's ways people enjoy series. It's like it's about the journey, not the ending. So if the ending is still bad, then it's fine because I still enjoy the way there. But then there's like that plus the landing stick and if it doesn't stick then it like makes everything obsolete almost like okay like that wow what a waste of time (laughs) yeah well i mean like travis i feel like you've said many times on the show is like 
a movie can't be good if the ending isn't good. And I think the same is like roughly true for a series. Like mm-hmm. the series overall can't be good if it doesn't end in like a good kind of satisfying way that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess any final thoughts about the movie before we maybe I think we can maybe do a wrap up of like what's next for Bond and maybe what do we want to see? But uh, yeah, I want to get like final thoughts before we do that. Apparently at some point Fukunaga was quoted as saying he had a very early idea to have the film take place inside Bond's head and then like two thirds of the way through the movie reveal that he was actually being tortured by Blofeld. Holy Whoa. shit, am I glad that didn't happen. Wow. No, I think it, I, I believe in the context it's it wasn't really an idea being seriously considered and more right. of like a passing thought he had <laughs> that was like, hmm, that's a little silly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I guess like he's got those needles all up in Blofeld or Blofeld's got those needles all up in Bond's brain. So like, oh, yeah, whatever. I guess I anything's like that possible. Part. No, was, no, ugh. real bad, real icky stuff. I felt on. like like when I was getting my wisdom teeth removed, that reminded me of that. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, no. I'm sure the sound that they're using, I'm pretty sure is just like a regular ass dental drill. Right. <laughs> uh, going anyways. into your fucking job. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah, I guess my, I, I'll go first. Uh, my final thoughts of like just the, just Bond's, Bond as a... Why do you want to sound so formal? I, I don't know because I'm like James Bond. You know, I got to wear tuxedo. Oh, this is like, this is formal. Yeah. I'm actually going to okay. hand out grades at the end of this episode. You exactly. got to get our okay. bow ties on. <laughs> That's right. Oh, uh, we should. I mean, no, but that would have been funny. Anyways, um, yeah, like I'm just going to say as like a series overall, like I'm just very 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 satisfied of the journey of james bond and where he started and where he ended and like i mean there i personally don't feel like there was any other way that it could end without him dying like i was saying earlier because of you know the life he lived so as much as i saw it coming it still impacted me and it still affected me and like this is a series that meant a lot to me i like i said i started when i was like seven years old came out 2006 and Ended when I became British. I became British. Oh, I became British. Uh, <laughs> no, and canceled again. The British kill. <laughs> but God, I, I thought it was interesting because, like, you know, it started when I was seven, ended when I was twenty-two, and I'm very happy of where it ended. And Daniel Craig will be missed. I'm gonna miss him. He's dead. I'm excited <laughs> to see what he does after this movie, though. Yeah, I I wonder what he's gonna do. He's probably gonna be doing like a lot of like family movies or something. That'd be funny. Just a lot of <laughs> weird and wacky roles. Yeah. I'm sure. Just like future. direct to DVD movies. No, I just like <laughs> I don't know. I just think it'd be funny to see him do like a bunch of like animated films as like a voice. Actor oh, as VO. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I don't know what do you guys I think, think. Yeah, I don't know. My final thoughts are like this is good. Very good. Really happy with how it ended. Uh, I don't know. If you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you've already seen it. If you haven't, I guess you've had it spoiled. But check it out. It's worth <laughs> seeing. It's entirely. really good. And go see it in theaters. It was I. It was a very enjoyable experience. Oh, Make sure minor you pee critici- beforehand. Yeah, I was going to say... <laughs> Yeah, it's two hours and 45 minutes long. <laughs> hey, no time to die. More like no time to do anything else with your evening. Am I right, folks? Uh, oh, that's anyways. just someone with a small bladder would say. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't even <laughs> notice. I like walked out of the theater and I was like, holy fuck, it's 1030. 
Uh, I, I feel the same way, except I started at nine o'clock. So that was a Ooh, was a yikes. Little, yeah. Late night for Caleb. Late night for British Caleb. It was even later in the UK. <laughs> Boy. Um, yeah. Yeah. Check it out. Real good. See it in theaters. Get the full sound experience. If you've seen it, like, if, especially if you've seen it, I think, on your home TV, like, go shell out for the, the theater ticket. It's definitely worth it to get the sound, even if nothing else, for just, like, the sound of, like, Daniel Craig and Ralph Fiennes' voice when they have those, like, little arguments is, like, it's so good, and it adds so much to it, and I just had a real blast watching this movie. Uh, Rebecca, why don't you go next? Oh, what I thought so far? I mean, it was amazing. It was so good. I had such a wonderful time in the theater. Um, I was so, I was like so invested in everything that was happening. And I feel like there were like moments where I was like invited to be a little bit more critical or to like think more about like choices that they made. But I was like, no, yeah, I'm going I pretend to pretend I do in, not see it. I, yeah, <laughs> I pretend I do not see it. I am in the fucking movie. I'm having a good time. I am here for the surprise child plot line. <laughs> I am here for like weird nanobots. Okay, whatever. Like I was so invested and definitely just good, good fucking movie. Yeah, I I already said all my final thoughts. Okay. I feel like maybe I I didn't. Uh, there's you can't get away from nanobots. No, <laughs> you can't. in an action movie. It seems like it's a high concept thing. It's it's everywhere now. I I will ask Rebecca in in lieu of my final thoughts that uh, if she if you have anything else to add from the aspect of uh, well, you told me you hadn't seen a Bond before, mm-hmm. and that after I posted my initial thoughts on the movie. And and I said, and I had to think, and then I went, wait, Rebecca, you're not gonna like this movie. <laughs> this is not gonna make any sense. You need to watch some Bond movies. So I don't. If you had anything else to add on that, yeah, I mean, I just like crammed in all but Skyfell um, in the last like week and a half. Um, so many hours of television watching. Um, not television, which movie was the watching. one that I, I recommended Skyfall be skipped, if any, just because not that it's the worst, it is just the least relevant. It is the most standalone and has really nothing to do with No Time to Die, I think. Thematically, so, it's Thematically, yeah, yes, but, it's sort of the middle yeah. part of the of the transformation. I do I mean, think you, you would you like it. You should have watched it, but it, it was fine to oh, skip it. We're, we're because, definitely going to watch yeah. it. I absolutely um, think you're going to like it, though personally yeah like yeah i, I mean i think great. you're like at the very least you're a daniel craig bond fan oh possibly absolutely. just a bond fan now <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if if they're i'm not a big fan of of camp usually um i don't like jokes and humor so you know it's hard but um yeah i i really really enjoyed them like watching casino royale was just like such a fun time um and to I peek was, behind the curtain you were like hey i want to learn how to play poker now after we watch that movie. i was like yeah i have to learn how to play poker now like this is too this is yeah. too sexy this is too fun so that's what we're um, doing at a halloween party is i'm teaching a bunch of people how to play poker um but yeah it was good it was good and like yeah specter was definitely probably my least favorite out of all of the ones that i watched um but it wasn't like, like people have been saying it wasn't bad. 
it was just not as strong. And then I think they just like went out on like a huge banger at the end with this one. Um, I feel like a broken record saying that it was so good, but I really, but really, was. really had a good time. It's okay. Trust us. It, it is okay that you say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the way I think I want to end the episode is just like, you know, if you stuck around for the post credit sequence, which not that there was an actual one, but it just said James Bond will return. Once oh, the did it were say done. it? I assumed that it was. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I did not. You were just waiting around because like people had to go use the bathroom and stuff during the credits. And so like I was sitting around. Actually, Lucas, my friend, like looked it up on his phone. He was like, oh, people are saying there is something after the credits. And I was like, oh, that's weird. But like, I don't have anything better to do. So I guess I'll like sit here and. It makes me feel good to like read the names of like the best boy and like some random mm-hmm. VFX artist to be like, yep, I saw your ass on the credits. Like you oh were my credited. Gosh. Speaking of credits, I saw that like uh, Daniel Craig's like personal tailor was also credited. credited yeah. And I was just like, Aww. what a fucking sick job that would be. You're oh, just yeah. like a tailor and then you get to like. Your job is to for- make. James yeah. Bond look good in suits. That's fucking like, awesome. Amazing. <laughs> cool. They probably have a good ever. relationship too. I feel like Daniel Craig's a really cool guy. He's probably like a, good, nice guy. a good guy to be friends with. Yeah. Uh, t- I, I, I stumbled across a guy on social media who is just like, he's super old and he's just been like the James Bond photographer. He's like the oh, set photographer. Wow. That's, oh, like, cool. that's just been his job forever. There's wow. Just, Things I didn't know were a thing. Yeah. James Bond creates jobs. He's yeah. a real the job, job creator. Yeah. Cool. James yeah. Job. James Jobs. <laughs> James Dad Job. Uh, yeah. Cool. Good joke. Um, okay. So, yeah, now that we've seen it and now that we know, you know, confirmed James Bond will return, I guess, what are we hoping to see next? Like, do we want to see another series? Do we want a return to tradition with the anthology do we want campy do we want gritty like what's i don't know like what are people feeling so i i think if i i don't know what it needs to be but i think it has to be different and i think this goes back to casino royale because casino royale my thesis is that casino royale was kind of one of at least from my perspective with you know the age that i am and the movies that i watched growing up it really kind of felt like casino royale created a domino effect that mm-hmm. led to the dark knight which created its own domino effect i think casino royale was kind of the formulative like mid 2000s gritty reboot movie um where it decided to take a classic franchise and spin it and like really double down on it and find a way to make it realistic and grounded that movie opens with james bond drowning a man and then killing another man with a with a pistol in his office the previous bond movie i think ended with like cgi surf james bond surfing that was so (laughs) So, funny yeah (laughs) it was like the, Uh, the the funniest way you could have ended is like looking like shit on a cgi surfboard or and i like i think casino royale was just such a original direction to take the franchise in after that gap and and i think smartly they took that risk and it really paid off um i think you see the ripple effect of casino royale still in hollywood these days um Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of a a new way like the way to reboot stuff these days it feels like um 
And so I, I think that's <laughs> that's a high threshold to clear for whatever they do next with Bond. I think it will only be disappointing if it doesn't sort of do the same thing. It's I'm I'm saying the next James Bond needs to equally reinvent modern cinema. That's, that's right. The only threshold I will exactly uh, allow. <laughs> and that's gonna to like that's gonna be interesting too, because like depending on when it comes out and like the like what everything's going to be like in that time that it comes out, you know, like I really hope it's not like a takes the route of like a Marvel film or something. Um, and also I sort of hope it doesn't take like the even grittier route. Let's, let's make James Bond rated R or something. I mean, they could do that, but I mean, like, I don't know. So it really, who knows what it's going to be like and who, I don't really know what I want out of it either because like that James Bond has already fulfilled the camp. James Bond has already fulfilled the grittiness like, I don't know what else it could be, really. So, whoever's going to make it, <laughs> got to do something. Yeah, good luck. Casino Royale yeah, and the and Daniel I, Craig like, series, hope, man, that's going to be tough. I to, hope they take their time and, like, figure out what it'll be and yeah. have it be good. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do have to remember, this movie at this point, I believe it was delayed, like, close to or maybe even a little over two years. Right. It was supposed to come out two years ago, and it just got delayed a year, got delayed another year. So... They, you know, this movie has been wrapped for two years and they've, they've had more, they've had those two years to consider these questions. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I think we might see the next Bond a little bit sooner than feels like would be normal just because of that sort of weird lost pandemic time. Yeah. Right. I, I really hope kind of that they go back towards like a more like anthology kind of storytelling. I think it would be fun if if it was like not like a single Bond actor, but if they like just like threw one person on like one movie and then another person on another movie as like the same sort of James Bond. I just feel like that would be I don't know. I, I think that that would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, not in like a continuity or anything, because like that wouldn't make any sense. Um, Bring J- James. <laughs> oh, what is it? Uh, Jimmy Bond back. <laughs> Woody, Jimmy Bond? Woody Allen. Woody Allen plays Jimmy oh Bond, James Bond's younger brother in Casino Royale, nineteen sixty-seven. Yeah, cool. That's right. what we need. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I'm like anyway. My go-to for questions like this is the next James Bond should be played by Louis C.K. So. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good. I like that. Just completely like unserious, but also kind of offensive answer. yeah kevin hart (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean i'm i'm definitely hoping for like yeah a departure from like the long spanning uh like cinematic universe not that like james bond created a cinematic universe as such but like something that kind of blew my mind is like fucking casino royale came out two years before iron man did Right. The yeah. Daniel Craig, James Bond, like started before and ended after the Avengers. <laughs> Obviously, there were far fewer movies, you know, in the interim. But like, yeah. So like in a way, I and I, I wouldn't say that, it, you know, created this like concept of like franchising movies mm. in any sense. But, you know, it was a very early example of that. It was just a cool um, continuity. And that's really yeah, and I think it, it's a little unfortunate, I think, that the MCU became what it did in the meantime, because, like, I think that made people a lot less uh, on board with, you know, these long spanning 
uh, uh, continuities. So I, I think if, if for no other reason than that, they really can't do another long series like this. Mm-hmm. Perhaps a more like rapid fire, uh, you know, sequel to one thing. But I can't imagine there being another like five movie arc. Or maybe like, like a this. TV show or something, too, because TV shows are getting pretty crazy. Please do not do. I don't know. Well tie-in a, TV show. A, a miniseries. <laughs> not like a not like a tie in TV show, just like a actual like that's what the, the next James Bond is going to be side of, sort of thing. I, I don't know. I feel like it, it could work if the right person does it. has a tie in TV. The Batman movie has a tie in TV show about Gotham cops. Nobody asked for that. The Suicide oh Squad has a tie in <laughs> show with Peacemaker, which sounds stupid. Uh, <laughs> I like I like the Suicide Squad. Okay, but I, I I'm probably, not saying the movies. But I'm just saying it's stupid yeah. that this show exists. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I don't know. And like again, I'm not a fucking movie producer, so I guess it's not my job to come up with like what they do next. But I'm excited for it. Yeah, I thought this. I think if for no other reason than this series ended on such a high note that I'm really like legitimately excited to see where they go next. And the way that I'm like. The, ve- the opposite is true for Game of Thrones. I like, guess sorry to keep bringing it back to this, but like I was just thinking about like that new show Fire and Blood that's coming out whenever. And I was like, I really just actively don't give a fuck about this. And yep. that's literally because I hated like the way the other series ended so much. And so I guess, mm-hmm. yeah, you can either. I don't know. You either die a Daniel a Craig or you live long enough to see yourself become a, a Game of Thrones. Uh, Jon Snow. That's because the ending is the full is the it's the fulfillment to the to the fans and the time that you've invested like anything that goes on that long. It's like, you know, you in a way, it feels like if you don't get that, then you're you're cheated. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, for sure. Really like. Yeah. Yeah. You got to put a nice bow on it. And hey, folks, speaking of putting a bow on things, I think that's going to do it for this episode. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, like I said, we've got a lot of content for you coming out soon. Uh, hit the subscribe button on the Substack. It's free. The newsletters are good. We're going to be making more of them. I think they're going to be coming out in the off weeks between episodes. So stay tuned for those. You can get a little peek behind the scenes here. See what we like uh, in terms of things that aren't movies. You know, why not? Check out all of our cool links at motionpicturepals.com. That'll be where you can find uh, the Substack, along with links to Twitter. You can join the Discord if you feel so inclined. And stay tuned for next time. I almost said next week, but we're recording in like two days from now. Uh, Stay tuned for Dune. Dune your mom. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, so stay tuned. In a couple days, we're going to be playing with They Worm, and we're going to tell you all about it. Goodbye. Bye. Yeah. Cool, cool. cool. Great job. Maybe when we start, we can uh, we can we can say, "Hey, we're we're back, and we're gonna record some movies, and we have a newsletter, and that's all I can think of, really." Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think you should do, do that. Purposes. And you should maybe like talk about like I don't know, present the newsletter in like a way that makes it sound like interesting, and not just like, "Oh yeah, we have a <laughs> newsletter." Be like. We have this mm. newsletter and we get to talk about the things that we like in it and, you know, yeah, actually give put recommendations. Some into it.
Yeah, yeah okay. Cam. Don't don't just don't just fuck it. <laughs> just <kidding. laughs> don't, don't just fuck just it up. Spew out whatever. Don't phone it in like I always do. Yeah. Okay. 